Hi, I'm Joe White, the voice for Chris Redfield, and you're listening to the 20th anniversary special podcast of the masterpiece that is Resident Evil Remake, here on REP. Warning, this podcast contains scenes of explicit nonsense and lore. Previously on the Resident Evil Podcast. It's not right, something's not right, that's not, not what it should be. That's what Revelations is to me. Watch out for the guy with sunglasses, Nick, he's a bit shifty. Before you, yes you, who's just fired up the comments on the YouTube video, yes we know there were other games in the series that allowed moving and shooting first. Chris, Jill and, and Rachel, I think, are the only clueless bastards in this game. Everyone else seems to have some sort of hidden agenda in play. Although I think there's a lack of BOWs other than the, the, what they do to the Hunters is borderline unforgivable. These are really good characters to take forward, and what do they do? Oh, O'Brien resigned from his position and we never hear from him again. He goes off and writes a book. Welcome to episode 77 of the Resident Evil podcast, spending our managerial retreats in some over-elaborate mansion whilst making sure we don't offend William Birkin's wife at the Umbrella Awards. I'm Nick, better known as Neptune, so electric I got zapped. Let's see who's joining us today. He's as effective as a star's report for Chief Irons, it's the Batman. Good evening. He's going to be finished soon. Umbrella set him up, it's Star's Tyrant. Hello there. It's all he could do against those monsters, it's Rombie. Hello. This is the Queen Zenobia. Emergency, contact the designer, it's George Trevor. Good evening. Coming up on today's podcast, we are celebrating 20 years, can you believe it, of the Resident Evil Remake, the first updated game released all the way back in 2002 on Nintendo GameCube. And as this is a happy birthday podcast, the team have been replaying the title, and today we're going to be going through the game from beginning to end, sharing our experiences with some tips and tricks to boot. We'll also be looking at the news before another edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. So, without further ado, let's start with the news. There's not a lot of news, ladies and gentlemen, since our last podcast. The only bit of mildly interesting news is from Netflix. Oh, yes. A uh, new teaser poster has been released of the upcoming Resident Evil live-action TV show. Very Kill Bill-esque, these yellow posters, with a streaming date of the 14th of July. George Trevor, have you put this in your diary? I was actually just thinking it's quite sad that you just said it's mildly interesting. I mean, we all should be so excited to talk about, you know, our beloved video game series. I mean, joking aside can you imagine if we were told this some years ago that it would be dramatized live action on netflix and then imagine what we would said if we were told that wesker has twin daughters so i will definitely watch it out of massive curiosity i don't know what else to say about it um i know that, that the script wasn't it part of it or i think the first episode was leaked online and i think stars had read I think, um, if I'm right, I'm thinking Stars may have read that. Oh, I don't know if I'm thinking of Infinite Darkness. But anyway, I haven't read that. So I don't want to talk about too much because even that thing about Wesker's Daughters may have been a spoiler. I don't know. No, that was in the press no, release. It's been, okay. it's been, it's been officially yeah. announced, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's just like, it's just yet another kind of, you know, 
No, you know, it's just another one of these things that it's like a, you know, Silent Hill skateboard or, you know, <laughs> do, do, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's merchandise, isn't it? And we can ig and ignore it. Unless it's good. It might it might be very good. But then there's the question, actually, a very serious question. If it's, in terms of an actual drama, if it's very good, is that going to be enough? If it, in terms of the actual narrative, it's very good, but bears no resemblance to the Resident Evil narrative. Maybe that's what we need. That's what maybe might ha it might have it in its favour. I've actually got a feeling that because everyone's sort of already dismissed it and there's absolutely <laughs> no pressure on it, it'll ironically turn out to probably be the best live action adaptation of Resident Evil we've ever had. It could, it could be. It could well be. Um, although I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not really. You know, it's just there, isn't it? It's in, it's in the diary. We'll see what happens. Sean, excited? Apprehensive? Uh, I'm not excited. I care so little for it. I'm afraid I'm not the, I'm not the one for this one. Uh, George isn't wrong. I did read the, uh, the leaked uh, script of the first episode, and it. I mean, I, I don't like to judge work like this before seeing it because I don't think it's necessarily fair because you don't know how things are going to translate or what they do. But just from a story point of view, uh, the only word that comes to my mind immediately is diabolical. Oh no! <laughs> it is honestly, it is just horrendous. I did wonder with its sort of post-apocalyptic setting if it was an extension of the Anderson universe, but then I suppose with Lance Reddick, it's a completely different iteration of Wesker, isn't it? Yeah, I see nothing redeemable from what I read. He's the only hook at the moment I'm interested in because he's a very, <laughs> very good actor. <laughs> The only additional bit of news I was just going to chuck to people because I know we have a few uh, few listeners who are interested. Gemini's put up a very Gemini's the person who is working on the classic rebirth patches for uh, Resident Evil Two and Three Source Next on PC, and he's released a very exciting bit of footage which shows the beginnings of the working EX files from the N sixty four version working on the PC version of Resident Evil Two. And if he gets that working, it only further cements this version as being like the definitive. I know in a sense it it's it's stuck on the pc and so it won't be obviously accessible to like playstation and xbox owners but if you've got a pc and are you know able to get a hold of it this is this is shaping up to be quite an exciting project more so than it already was so it's well worth a look at uh, batman did you want to explain for people who don't know what the x files is the x files were originally extra story files that were available only on the n64 version of resident evil 2 they were a mixture of files deleted from the original Resident Evil 2, files the later put in to Resident Evil 3, and there was a couple of references to the events of Zero as well. Yeah, Rebecca think, has a nice one. Yeah, so I think there was about 16 in all, and they are quite interesting. There's a, a mention of the progenitor virus. I think there's a mention of James Marcus in one of them as well, and police reports from the STARS members commenting on what happened in the mansion. So, yeah, there'll be a, a good addition to Resident Evil 2, and if more people can uh, access them, then that's, that's only a good thing. And it's strange. They've never been ported into the GameCube version, Dreamcast version. Those, those ports are directly derivative of other versions. Yeah. So the Dreamcast version was based off the PC version as its base, and then the, so that's why the Dreamcast and PC versions, the GameCube and, and digital copies have all been derivative of those as well. So it, it, the whole point of putting those files in was because obviously at that point there hadn't been a Resident Evil game on the Nintendo 64, and Zero was still supposed to be coming out on the 64 at that point. So it was an idea of catching up potential players who this was going to be their first Resident Evil game on on the N64. Moving over to site news, 
not a lot, but in preparation and anticipation of this podcast, you can go to our YouTube channel and watch my playthrough of Resident Evil Remake. So when I'm talking about it later on uh, in the podcast, you can refer to uh, that viewing. Uh, they were particularly exciting. And Rombie, you joined me for a few sessions, which was great using the PlayStation Party feature, which I never knew existed. So, uh, that was good. So we had some insight from Rombie as well. Uh, mainly mocking, but good mocking. <laughs> <laughs> So you can you can uh, follow along with that. It's only four parts. Well worth a good good look. Um, and I would also like to take this opportunity to apologise to anyone who uh, fell for my April Fool's joke the other day. <laughs> Sadly, I do not own a physical version of Resident Evil Degeneration for Nokia's Engage. I wish I did. And uh, amusingly, Twitter member Kendo Gunsop indicated there could actually well be a real one in circulation somewhere. So you never know. Anyone unaware, Resident Evil Degeneration was a mobile phone game released on iOS. But Apple iPhone 4, I think, commenting on. So that. That era, Engage uh, as well. They're, they're basically the same games, both of them digital only. But I set about making a physical port version, if you like, just so I can put it in my shelf. But, yeah. You made me bloody. I, t- I literally typed it into Amazon. I was... <laughs> I, I, when, when you put it in the chat, and I got so excited. It's, uh, yeah, it's you, know, you know it's great when it at least got it, you definitely got GT. It's worth that alone. Yes, alone anyone else you got. I won't do another one. That bit, I'm gonna, I'm ending on a high. So there we go. <laughs> Stay tuned for a confidential report, Java version. That does finish our site news. We now turn our attention to what we are here to listen to. Happy birthday, Resident Evil remake. Alpha Team is flying around the forest, situated around northwest Raccoon City, where we are searching for those twats from the Resident Evil podcast, who disappeared when they were supposed to record an episode on RE1 Remake's 20th anniversary. Have you found it yet? No, not yet, Bizarre requests instead came across my inbox, asking me to record my voice in their place. Outlandish requests to make fake voices in the place of about five people, with nonsensical accents that sound like the victims being eaten. The podcast crew should be recording this, but it seems everyone lost contact. Look, Chris. The podcast Discord recording space was derelict. Save for the remaining avatar of Mr. Spencer. We continued to search for the podcast members, and it turned into a nightmare.
this way. Welcome one and all, it is 20 years since the first Resident Evil remake was reborn, rebirthed onto Nintendo GameCube. What a console, what a game, and it truly revolutionised how a pre-rendered background game can look. It made even Code Veronica look a bit drab by comparison. We've reviewed the game before, but now 20 years on, we want to go back to the beginning, go through the game in its totality, sharing with you our experiences, what we liked, and a bit of a kind of retrospective review as well to boot. So what we've done, we've taken Remake, and we've all played slightly different versions of the game, because obviously there's two playable characters. So you'll see on our YouTube stream, I played as Jill in Easy Mode, which I'm sure long-term listeners will not be surprised to hear but that was because i have not had not actually played remake in its in to- totality for around 15 years much to my shame but it's worth it it was worth replaying it what about everyone else sean what version did you play very excitingly i played the pal gamecube version on og hardware an old purple gamecube on a recently acquired 21 inch crt a, an old bush 21 inch tube television beautiful, beautiful. Oh, i wish i could have seen that streamed that that is i, know. I, should, I, should, uh, I should have rigged up a cam or something shouldn't i uh, wicked yeah you um, can't you can't beat a bit of bush wonderful it was oh, old school it was very special for reasons I'll, you know, go into a little bit later, but um, it opened floods of memories uh, in ways I wasn't expecting. So the actual sort of playthrough itself was quite disarming, charming and incredibly nostalgic. Oh, we'll come to it. But are you saying sort of the memories particularly like provoked because you were playing that that particular yeah. version rather than the, the polished HD one? There's just something there was just something about it. And I, I like I say, I, I've said to Nick, I'll save this to the end because it's quite a warm, fuzzy feeling. And I think it'd be a nice sort of capper to end on if I can eloquently word it without sounding like a gatekeeper. <laughs> so uh, we'll uh, we'll see. I played as Chris on hard mode. So it was the once again with a forest present. Rombie, what about you? Who did you play as? I played as Chris. I just played the HD port on PlayStation normal. Normal mode. Okay. Batman. And I played as Chris on real survival mode on the PS5. Is there is there any visual upgrade on the PS5? Nothing that's noticeable, I don't think. It does look like you're playing a large oil painting in, in certain scenes, but uh, on the whole it looks fine. I had a I had it on a nice big seventy five inch screen, so it was a wonderful experience. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, George Trevor, you are, of course, our biggest remake champion, I would suggest. You've probably streamed it more times than any of us put together. What version have you played recently? Um, I was playing on the Xbox One X, the HD remaster, and I was playing Jill Real Survival. Um, I think, if I'm right to think, Shinji Mikami wanted the um, the independent item boxes from the beginning, but it was deemed kind of too hard for Japanese gamers. And it does add quite a, a, an extra kind of difficulty level to it. So, yeah. But I, I, that's the version I was playing on, a, you know, a big, bright HDTV. But I, I've got a one-day experience what Sean was doing one day. That sounds fantastic. But no, so I must just add, could Sean all, all be pleased that I, 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 I've added this bit? That, of course, I was I was doing it. Because you have that option with the HD remaster of having, like, the slightly di- more dynamic camera with the widescreen and the, and the camera pan. But, you know, I, I, kept, I kept very much to the original perspective. 
as you should. And so was I must say, I was very proud of Nick when I tuned into his live stream and he'd finally put the demons of the 16.9 presentation behind him and was playing in good old 4.3. When I was looking at the options, you clearly see an, a bit of the screen is, of, of the picture is lost on the 16.9. You, <laughs> you can actually see it. I go, well, I can see more on the 4x3. Why would I? But there we go. So um, so let's start with, at, the, at the very beginning, the introduction to this film, uh, the introduction to this game, and you're greeted with pretty much the same introduction but lacking the live action the live action introduction that was so famous and prominent in the original game you know do you think it is just as effective as the introduction of the original or do you think it misses the the wonderful b-movie roll call at the end i wasn't spoilt by the first game because i hadn't played it i'd only played resident evil 2 on the nintendo 64 and knowing as as i kind of love my horror i wouldn't have enjoyed the b-movie-esque kind of themes that you've got in the original and the thing that first struck me was just, you know, how cinematic it was, that opening cutscene, the, the the location, you know, spooky mansion, you know, it throws you right into the action from the beginning, the running through the woods, which kind of reminded me of like old Hammer House of Horror films, fantastic. Mm. But no, I, I didn't really have that comparison with the original game, I hadn't played it. I think a large point of the remake was to sort of get rid of a lot of the, the cheese that existed from the original game. So the new intro is definitely a lot more atmospheric, I think. And if you have viewed the original, I suppose you get a nice little false scare with Joseph. There's a bit where you can just hear the dogs creeping up on him and he spins around and there's nothing there, you know, which made it a nice difference for the original. And then he still gets jumped, obviously. But I prefer this version over the original. I think the Cerberus is obviously a lot more creepier in this version. You get, you know, the, the kind of the drool and the, the kind of flesh from the Cerberus is a lot more prevalent. Obviously, they're very limited in the live action version. So yeah. I think that worked Puppet, well. Puppets, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate a couple of the, the nice little touches they put as well. Like there's obviously the scene where Jill's just firing an empty gun at the dogs because she can't quite believe what she's seeing. And a nice little touch with Wesker saving Chris, ironically, from the dog as well. Mm. Always been slightly surprising considering how bloodlusty the original was, if you watch the uncut version, just how actually very light on violence it is. Which is not a bad thing. I actually, you know, in this case think less is more with Joseph's death, because it always leaves your imagination to fill in the blanks. But it is it is quite a bloodless little intro for something that was obviously so famous for being a sort of censored bloodbath originally. As you say, we enter into the mansion hall in the same way that we've done. This is where, of course, our stories divert, uh, divert from one another, depending on who you've picked. You're Jill, you're in there with Barry and Wesker. If you're with Chris, you're just in there with Wesker and Jill. No. Oh, my God, I've not played Jill for Chris for so long. Is Jill in there? Oh, God, Nick. I don't play... I told people on my stream, I don't play as Chris. I just can't cope with the six. I keep, with the six. Telling, him, I keep telling him to do it. He's just like, no, six boxes, I can't do it. I can't do I six can't boxes. Do it. I can't. I think it's such a wildly different playthrough, even Wesker isn't in it. <laughs> <laughs> it it's almost a completely different backgrounds and everything, different camera angles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't even go to the same <laughs> mansion. <laughs> <laughs> there's multiple... And there's, multiple an ele- and there's an arc elevator. There. There's an, a magic elevator that goes sideways. That's amazing. <laughs> And, and actually takes Chris into a different franchise altogether. <laughs> yeah, it's a remarkable game, way ahead of its time. <laughs> and that's and then he trains him on how to like punch real hard, so that like later on he can punch a boulder. There we go. All makes perfect sense. <laughs> I think there was a recording time, ladies and gents. It took, took that long for Nick to be ridiculed again. <laughs> 
What's everyone's impression of the main hall? I mean, I think it's still as iconic when you're in there and the, the atmosphere's there, the creepiness, the, the kind of echoey nature of it all. I still think it's as effective in this game, uh, more so more so in this one. Interesting. I think it kind of just sets up the whole game of just what's what's in store, doesn't it? Because everything about that we can say about that room, just in terms of the that signature track, uh, just the atmosphere, just everything, the dynamic lighting, the mystery. Because I remember that one of the first things I did it, it, it was check those doors and hearing kind of the haunting moaning of Lisa and, and just mm. desperately curious, you know, because all these emotions that you feel on those very... You know, I think a lot of us will refer back to our very first playthrough of this game. And and I can just remember just desperately wanting to know what was behind those doors and kind of being not intimidated, but kind of just being quite taken by just how huge a task was in front of me. It just felt so explorative, this mansion with so much to explore. It does that very clever technique, doesn't it, of having certain doors that were unlocked and, you know, that kind of Castlevania Metroid thing where, you know, getting an item that then allows you to explore further on. But it's just that 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 real excitement and curiosity to, to kind of find out more. Obviously, the fact that a lot you've got alongside that the files so that you're retreading someone else's footsteps as well. You've got that whole history. But I think the main hall is interesting because there's straight away, if you when you're playing, you note that there's no typewriter. You go, well, that's a bit different. And then you notice the, you know, Lisa Trevor's doors and the noise. Like, okay, that is different. And you're suddenly thinking, okay, I'm in a, this is, this is going to be different. That's very much true to form as you explore. And of course, the hidden door on the first floor, which is completely new. And suddenly you're uneasy about what's going to come in this game. You're like, I thought I knew this game, but you don't. And then then you go, fucking hell, there's no loading screen for going up the stairs. Yes. (laughs) But um, it's true. It, it does set the, it does set the tone. I think the uh, the, the main hall. I, I do love the, the main hall in the own co- in its own context of this game. But I I do I do think it's almost a bit too claustrophobic and cluttered. And I'm sure that's probably the the vibe they were going for. I'll always forever prefer the sort of open, eerie, almost too lit, too well lit ambience of the original main hall. I think it, I think it makes you feel like a very small, insignificant presence in this massive, almost overbearingly large main hall but it, within the context of itself that they go for a more haunted house aesthetic in the remake and it and it works very well in that context i mean it's the game still looks gorgeous i think whichever version you play uh, a question to everyone who opened the main door because you know the main hall was considered to be a safe safe room but not in this game no nope. no one fell for that trick because yeah. <laughs> of in the original of course you just get that funny cut scene with the dog the, the cut scene but yeah if you open it in this one the dog's coming into the hall i know i went years without opening that door i mean we're gonna all come have examples aren't we after playing this game for years and years and years over and over again and then just discovering something new i mean even in the streams i've been doing recently i've discovered you know something new i'm, I'm sure we all have um we get those moments and i just remember not that long ago a few just a few years ago seeing uh, a scene a cut scene of the dogs in the hallway thinking i've never seen how the hell do you get dogs in in the main hall yeah that's not something i'd ever done so moving on the the first part you kind of go towards is is the kind of dining room and something george just mentioned earlier about the kind of kind of metroidvania-esque i do feel the mansion when i replayed it was a bit more linear at the beginning and i think remake 2 also does this It, it starts off as you can only kind of really go one way you can only explore one area and then it opens up and i found like so many doors were locked by like the armor key at the beginning and you're kind of you are forced to do a particular route i think but it does open up quite quickly but just something i i I felt was was true so you kind of go into the dining room and we get for jill for us jill players a nice 
take on the famous oh oh no what is this you know hope this is not chris's blood moment and again we've got slightly different dialogue a bit more professional uh voice acting far more uh you know with uh ed sal uh but say ed sauron it's not sauron is that's lord of the rings <laughs> doing his you know barry and heidi obviously doing doing jill but again the the dining hall is a wonderful room that's been replicated here i think it's like you say the main hall and the dining room both do a really good job of setting the tone and the atmosphere of the whole game you know highlighting just how much has been changed aesthetically and obviously really adding to the atmosphere and just to briefly go back on the main hall as well i know you don't get it straight away but one of the little changes i appreciated when they did the hd remaster was they added like an ambient wind noise Mm. that plays whenever you pass through the main hall which i thought was a nice touch the dining room, yeah, the crackling fire, the um, and the, the lightning effects and the thunder rumbles were also a great addition to the remake as well, I think. Absolutely, um, yeah. I know some of the areas in remake look better than others, but I think all like the key hotspot areas like the main hall and the dining room really do look fantastic in the, uh, the HD upgrade. And then exiting that, we then, of course, encounter turning head zombie, feasting on the remains of Kenneth, poor thing. But again... It's it's an iconic moment, and for me, even though it's, I, I think there's stories, isn't there, of the original that original zombie head was that quite a late addition to the game? I think it was. Rob, you might remember the original, and I think I think they 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 replicated it very well. And again, there's no tutorial. This is such an old style game. There's no you know base level where it tells you button prompts, do this, run that. You just got you just you're just thrown into it. And you're you're met with oh crap someone's someone's eating my comrade here I need to get out of here still as effective and any any amusing experiences with that first zombie or did we all do the do the usual back to Barry if you're if you were Jill playing just to just to get the shot I suppose yeah. you have especially when you play as Chris because you don't even have a gun at that point yeah Chris has dropped his gun yes he picks up in the main hall so I did know that once everything then kind of kicks off and you know then you can explore wherever you want to explore did I then go back to the dining hall and then I explore that we have to you have to as Chris for the yeah for the same reason for the gun and obviously when he arrives nobody's there yeah am I right in thinking it's the same for both characters isn't it and this was this was something I didn't like about the remake the little extended bit where you have to go to the graveyard to get the with the arrowhead to get the Mm. book of curse you have to do that with both characters before you can really do anything else and Mm. i find that a particular a particular immersion breaker with jill because in the original you and barry decide to go your separate ways and you can go straight to the east wing and start exploring via the dog corridor but in remake yeah you have to go back through the dining room and obviously barry is nowhere to be seen and i I always find that a bit of an immersion breaker that you the game forces you to go that way and barry's barry's never there because doesn't he say actually in the dialogue barry suggests that you actually should start exploring of the other side yeah, Jill says she'll go through the opposite door, but she can't. Yeah. She can go into get the map, can't she? she can go the little... Yeah, you can go in there, and then you have to go back to the zombie with the zombie. Go through the um the new edition of the staircase on the left hand side with the bird cage. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's up to the top. It's worth saying the sword key doesn't actually appear in OG Jill's game at all because the lockpicks mm. unlock the sword key doors in the original game. Yeah, well, this is what I was talking about earlier about that 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 general linearity I found at the very beginning. But so you got, you mentioned it by have, but of course you do come across your first potential pit of doom with the imitation 
key. I'm I'm afraid to say that, but it did kill me once when I first played it. When we did our original review, I think episode twenty five of the podcast, I think. And I, I I replayed it. I got to that point and was killed instantly because <laughs> I thought, oh no, this will, I'll take this key. And I was like, oh no 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 no, because I said I you can just too- put it. You just put it back. That stops yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that far. Didn't think that far. Did not think of that, you see. I'm I'm going to skip ahead for for this point, but it's like the the wall crushing thing. Like I've I've heard so many people saying, "Oh, I got crushed by this," and I was like, "I ne- I never got crushed by it, not once." I don't know how how it oh, could go so horribly wrong, but everyone else seems to have been like, "I got crushed." Well, that's like, heaps of people out there are probably like, "Yeah, I got killed by that blade." thing too so you know i don't know who'd be stupid enough to get killed by the crushing wall puzzle this last week (laughs) (laughs) it was um it was at this point during my playthrough that it dawned on me that i'd never actually played through chris's hard mode because i recalled on the gamecube you're only given two choice which is mountain climbing and hiking they only are the equivalents to easy and normal and hard mode becomes unlocked once you've done done that when you start once again and the thing that astounded me, and I totally not realised it was like this, was like the initial handgun pickups are just not there for Chris. So like the one in the the mirrored arrowhead corridor, the one that's yes. you know the one that's on the floor, that's not there for Chris. And in the dog, mm. the L-shaped dog corridor, there isn't the one underneath the cabinet. So I spent a good sort of yeah. half an hour running around with two handgun rounds, and it was very tense. <laughs> I yeah. had to do a lot yeah, of fancy footwork, which I haven't done for I a long said, time. Yeah, it's a lot of dodging. Yeah, the clip's also missing on the table with the cage with the raven in it, the dead raven. Ah, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And he's missing also the first self-defense dagger you get as you emerge on the upper dining room that's not there yeah the early stages you are struggling for ammo it's my two main strategies when i play as chris is you've got to get the armor key as quick as possible and you've got to get the shotgun as quick as possible as well yes ammo is very scarce and i kind of do a run as well with chris like you say with with, with just such a, a lack of ammo on hard just try and go around picking up all the defensive items that you can like i even go into the shotgun room without the broken shotgun i don't take it yet but just to get the defensive item that's on the on the table in there just just stock up and as many defensive items as i can because i was so sort of out of practice with this mode though what i t- what i found i was doing in the early stages and i can't recall the time i've done this for many many years because even though i played the remake on stream not so long ago and I played that as Jill on hard mode. It, it's quite substantially different in terms of pickups and things like that. Or at least I found it. Maybe it's just the illusion of it. But I found myself doing something that I haven't done for a long time, which was plotting safe routes through the mansion. Nice. You know, using my ammunition to clear certain corridors. So I always had a, a nice throughway back to a save room and things like that. And honestly, it was an absolute joy because the highlight of the sort of early Resident Evil games was that exact thing. It was having to sort of mentally plot your route through adversity and thinking, right, well, I've got this this amount of ammo to remove this amount of enemies. If I clear that corridor and that corridor, then for the like the next foreseeable future in this game, I have a, I have a safe path to yeah, a safe room. You're so right, uh, because I think, and that's kind of, I think, where the replayability lasts in this game, just years and years and years of still play, playing it, and it still feels so fresh. And what Sean was just describing, which is a joy, 
I, I, I was actually experiencing even more so, but it was just ex mentally exhausting because I was doing that on my stream. And because it was real survival, you had all that strategy. You're trying to think ahead of a safe route because you've hardly got any ammo. And um, and you get that thing where you're in the save room and you don't want to leave. It, it, it's just, it's, but the fact that, again, when you've got these independent item boxes, I, I really can't stress when you get in the latter stages and trying to do what Sean's saying with that, that kind of that strategic plotting ahead, a safe route. It's so, it, it just, that, that real survival just comes into its own as such a hard difficulty level. Yeah, and there's no kerosene either. You only get, I think it's four doses of kerosene from each barrel, uh, each tank sorry so you have to be really strategic with which bodies you burn and which ones you have to leave because there just isn't enough i was about to say that brings us very nicely on in terms of planning route is that yes you can plan your route as much as you like but that's not going to save you necessarily because of the introduction of the crimson heads and you're you kind of first teased it when you go through the, that kind of new crow corridor upstairs and into that kind of mirrored the mirror corridor maybe because you get to see all that and uh, I've seen George. You do some very good dodging uh, that the zombie on that corner. I've seen you. I tried and failed, but I saw. I've seen you do it a few times. You can dodge that one in the mirror, but you are hinted at with that zombie on the floor, and that's your first crimson head. And as uh, Batman just said, planning your route is only as effective as how much kerosene you've got, and trying to kill zombies so they all land strategically close to each other to you know use the kerosene in your lighter to burn them together not e not easy and um i think generally we can take a quick moment just to talk about crimson heads do you think they do you think they add are, are they a good addition to not necessarily the law that's not really relevant but a good addition to the strategy planning absolutely yeah because yeah. they instill a sense mm. of dread don't they because it sort of puts a time limit on you effectively i'm not sure exactly what the trigger is but you know it does it does make you wary of of passing through that particular area again some sort of 10 minutes later I think, or, or um, that you've forgotten to do something and then all of a sudden you hear the the sound of them getting off the ground and, they're, oh, <laughs> and you're like oh, oh crap no what have i done <laughs> Rombie, was sure? it you? You told a story, didn't you? Get done by the one on that's on the way to Lisa Trevor's cabin. Uh, did I? Did I tell my friend in a previous I, I, episode? I, I, yeah, I think I just no. I, maybe it was someone I just remember. But, but like you say, that the, the fact that you know putting that zombie down, then completely forgetting it's there, and then you return. Oh, it, well, and the, that, that cabin thing's the worse because there's the grass. Like they sometimes fall yeah. in that tall grass. I do think they're an exceptional mechanic, and I mean, I think the first time everyone has like that sort of unforgettable first Crimson Head experience. I think the timings are something like I think it's only twenty minutes before they change in the in hard mode. And just as just a brief aside, is Real Survivor based on the hard mode or the normal mode? In terms I of like weapon drops and things like that. I was pretty sure, because I was a little bit confused, but I think it is hard mode, and I based that on checking, you were mentioning before, John was where particular ammo is, you know, and in terms of not having it sort of in the, in the where that crow cage is, and then not having that extra defensive weapon on the first floor, uh, on, yeah. on the landing. Yeah, in, in terms of the scarcity of ammo and defensive items, it plays as, it's, as if it's hard mode. Yeah. Um, the only thing I would say was for, for this personal playthrough for me, I had been very, very lucky with pistol headshots to the point where I'd only think for the entire game needed to burn four bodies. And I'd only oh. ran into actual, like, I think I'd run into two crimson heads through the whole game just because I got so lucky with headshots with the pistol. It, 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 if, if I hadn't been, then the ammo, that, the ammo problems I was facing would have been 
tenfold. On an occasion where I've got a headshot and it's so satisfying because as Sean says, it, it makes such a difference. It, it's not just about, you know, one of these combat games where you're just blasting things, and, but actually in terms of the consequences on, on, on you know, on the future gameplay, that it, 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 it can be so valuable in, in terms of... Yeah, it, 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 it it's you. essentially a mechanic in this, whereas it's just glorious effect in the original game. I did look up, yeah, GT's correct. It is, a, it is hard. I just don't wanted to confirm that myself. It is playing on hard mode on the rest of the beauty of the fixed camera angles is that you can never be quite sure, even if you've got the safety of the shotgun and you're aiming up high, ready to decapitate a zombie, depending on what angle you are, where you're standing, you can never be quite sure that you're going to get it because they've got to be standing pretty close, but not too close. And you're going to be jumping. So yeah, I, I totally understand. And you do get quite excited when you get a pistol headshot. Uh, something which kind of rolled over a bit from Director's Cut. Um, I remember playing Director's mm. Cut fairly recently, and that was very much a... Uh, an addition to the to that which was great can i just ask as well just um uh sean and batman um you guys didn't have dangerous zombie as well did you in your hard mode uh, i did yeah i had forest running around quite a bit more so than i'd oh, actually gosh. remembered to be to be honest yeah, yeah i was, was gonna say because i think that's the only other thing I also was that he doesn't, he can't appear and you can't use infinite weapons but yeah i was just thinking about hard mode with him and it would be he's pretty difficult regardless of mode but yeah didn't actually Sometimes. find it too bad and and to be honest, his lunges are that slow. He's not actually that difficult to dodge. They balance it quite well. But and obviously, you can't shoot him. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, at least the one benefit of having lower ammo in the early stages is you're less likely to just fire willy-nilly because it's usually the death of most players is they accidentally target him and fire across a, a room or something. Can you, even, can you even use defense items on Forest? No. I don't think you can. No. Um, <laughs> I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's not doable. <laughs> And that leads us onto a, a new area in the in, in the game, that kind of outdoor graveyard um, scene, which is new to the remake. And that first also introduces us to say, the leader of the Crimson Heads, but we'll, we'll come to him maybe a bit later on. But also the first the first area of the the collectathon, if you like, you're you're, you're treated to the the fact that you need to collect the four masks in order to progress, which is a new thing uh, that wasn't in the original. Um, you still need the wind the, the crests, but they get used. Uh, later on in the game, so that, I, I thought I always thought that kind of outdoor bit was quite cool. It was a very, very you know very atmospheric, and obviously as you go down these very very long stairs into the crypt, and each time you add a particular death mask, I don't know how if if you added them one at a time or if you put them all together, you know, all four at the time, you know, the kind of like the shifting of the of the coffin. I always do all, all four at once. It's a waste of time to keep backtracking. George, I noted in one of your streams, uh, this is a good tip and trick, I, I assume, and you, you can correct me, um, when you come up the stairs and there's a couple of zombies in the graveyard, they can't get you on the stairs. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, for people watching that stream, it must be so boring. But yeah, you can, you can stand just beyond their grasp and then just... And, and But again, this is a, just so important for if you're on hard mode in terms of saving ammunition. And obviously those those oddly are two zombies that don't turn into crimson heads and just, you know, disappear. Uh, and you can just repeatedly stab them. It takes quite a long time. Down step, that down section is one of the few sections that was actually completely rebuilt from scratch for the HD remaster. And I also think that... Oh. Can you all imagine the first time you played this game, that that coffin animation, the way that it eat with each death mask, it, you know, it, it's closer and closer to hitting the ground. And I just remember, I mean, that's one of the most iconic moments for me. You know, when I was first playing this game, just wondering what the fuck lurks in there. 
Um, <laughs> it's also worth saying as well, I don't know whether people are aware, but the actual outdoor graveyard as well, the HD remaster lacks animations for some of the trees that the original GameCube version has, which is just an interesting comparison. A lot of it was in the remake, as George has just alluded to, they had to rebuild certain areas because for remake they didn't have access to the original asset, so a lot of it was upscale work and in certain animated backgrounds because... A lot of the backgrounds on the GameCube version are like lo- little looped movies. Um, you can tell because they have very, very obvious, like, mo- you know, compression artifacts and things like that. They still look great, but you can clearly see which is like the animated movies and which are the statics. And mm. um, because they were not really achievable with the, the HD remaster, they had to rebuild a lot of them in, in 3D. Some of them are very noticeable, but some of the more hybrid backgrounds, and the, I think the, the, the graveyard one is one of those sort of hybrid backgrounds, where they rebuilt quite a bit of it in 3D, but still used a couple of the original original sort of GameCube assets, but some of the tree-swaying animation. And I know it's not a lot, but it is just a comparison that's worth pointing out. Some of the tree-swaying animation is, has been lost in translation, so it's a little bit more static. With that, you now can explore a bit further. You can do the... You get the dog whistle and you can get the key and that opens you up to further areas with the with the presence of the sword key, which means you can go through the dog corridor, at least on Jill. Jill's no, you version. can on Chris as well. It's, it's one of the differences as well that you end up exploring that area with Chris so much earlier than you normally would in the original as well. That's, oh, okay. This is one of the other things that changes that the, the flow early on. It's kind of like what you were saying, like certain directs you in a certain way. It's kind of similar with, with both games or more. Not for much longer, but... I still love the Dog Corridor. I think it was a great thing what they did because everyone was expecting it that first time and you just get the kind of like crap you know the the cracked window and the <gasps> you're ready for it. it just doesn't come and i think i think it's a great a great twist on the take uh, on it i will note when i came back for some reason i thought that they weren't going to burst through i thought oh they do it much i thought they do it much later i thought it was more uh hunter time you know back in the mansion and so when i run back through it and the Cerberus did jump through well you could see my reaction <laughs> on the stream oh my god ah and you know you can't help but laugh and you have that smile you get the jump moment and it's like oh my god you know this game is 20 years old this moment is what 26 years old and it still made me jump brilliant absolutely brilliant yeah that's the trigger for that particular room you have to come through it the other way to get the dogs to come through the window so you can technically go through the whole game without it happening so long as you don't come through that room is it literally just is it just come back so if you can go and then come back in straight away it will it will break it yeah Ah, oh it's because and it's smart because you've got that jump of the window cracking the first time you go past because when you come back the other way the window's more in the foreground and you're running towards the camera so it come that's why it's even more unexpected because all of a sudden they've leaped out in front of you well it, it totally got me and i had the biggest smile on my face when it did absolutely and the dogs are a bastard in this game aren't they jesus yeah, they really yeah. <laughs> yeah i think they're the hardest fucking enemies in the game I'm so pleased you said that because I always feel like I always kind of end up being the reason for my demise, and I, I ended up just giving up. And I now just take a shotgun to the uh, the dogs, you know, when you get the uh, after you play the whistle, going for the collar. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah, they are they're impossible. I always have problems in the guard in the garden area, especially with them because it's so much wider than most of the other places. So they run in weird patterns that aren't they're not always predictable. 
Mm. I had my first fuck up with the dog whistle sequence because I hate that corridor anyway because I always tend to just like mess up the combat with the Cerberus in this game but I kind of have a technique where you can just sort of blow the whistle the, the, the dog will come you can kill it really quickly and then run through the door before the other dog turns up except I'd kill the dog right on the fucking door so I couldn't actually go through it to despawn the dog and then come back through and pick up the whistle because the whistle was in front of the door and every time I tried to go through the door it was trying to pick up the whistle and I didn't I think it seemed to think I didn't have a free I'd made an an error with my inventory so I couldn't even pick it up and then run through the door so I had to just run the all the way round the L-shaped balcony to go through the main hall it was just a complete balls up I nearly died just just through complete error and it just goes to show how you know you can be well rehearsed on these games so many times and just a simple little error like that can lead it can make it nearly curtains mm. I also like the other whilst we're on the topic of Cerberus in the I can't remember what it's called. It's not the greenhouse. The the outdoor bit by the shotgun room. I don't know what it is, but where you get the chemical. Yes, yes. that was it. Yeah, you can. That was cool because you can see the Cerberus, but you can, you can. They don't. If you, if you walk and go very very slowly, they don't jump over. I found it a bit like a almost you know a precursor to the liquor situation in remake two. Uh, I found that quite tense, and it's like I don't want to waste. I don't want to waste any ammo. I just want to get in there. Get out, you know, and uh, but that that was quite that was quite. I was really pleased I made that without without a dog jumping over the fence. But um, so there we go. So that kind of exploring. So then obviously the next big moment, at least for Jill, is going, and I suppose Chris as well. Ish is going into the into the shotgun room and triggering the the famous Jill sandwich trap. Obviously with Chris, you put the the broken shotgun. Would you have got it at that point? Probably not. You need the... I don't think you do. You get it much later, don't you? The broken shotgun. Well, how quickly can you get it in this one? No, it's much later. Is it much well, later? you can prioritise it, but it's... You can, you can get it fairly early on. You need one of the old keys to unlock, yeah. unlock the door. Depending on whether or not you want to make that path to go get the broken shotgun first, or if you just want to go and get the dog whistle first and do it without the shotgun. The interesting thing is where you get the broken shotgun, you can't actually go beyond that into the keeper's keepers corridor because that's now locked behind an armor key, whereas it wasn't originally. Progression has been is stunted in certain ways that it wasn't in the original game, which still still throws me every now and then. I still forget it when I play the remake, and that's the genius of it. The remix nature of it. Mm. I think I made the comment that the, the armor key was like the, the O the OP key of the game. Every room seemed to be armor key. <laughs> But just quickly go back to the shotgun room. Is there a way? Because I've got this funny feeling that I got killed by the in the shotgun room. Not in this playthrough, but many, many years ago. If you go there too early, can you get squashed? It's not just where, depending on where you meet Barry, he won't he he won't turn up for Jill. There is, thank Christ, because honestly, I, I I thought that had happened to me a long, long, long time ago, and I always get panicky when I go in there. You have to check the doors to make sure they're locked. If you don't try and examine the doors then barry won't come and you'll get crushed yeah i was gonna say also if you just ignore the shotgun door to begin with go upstairs first and then come back and do the shotgun after you've already met barry upstairs then Mm. he won't come back and save you because it's past that point but that's the same as the original i remember dying there once and i get very angsty (laughs) about it oh god (laughs) but still a classic moment uh, even though they don't quite say the Jill sandwich line, it's it, it's pretty much pretty much still pre- present. And uh, I took I took note that I I had my meeting with Barry not um, in the main hall, but on the ground floor. 
which uh, according to some of the chat on the stream says oh never experienced that before or don't usually get that one because it's normally the the can of fizz is usually on the uh, for most people anyway it seems is on the on the first floor as opposed to the ground floor but i i had that that conversation on the ground floor I literally, for the first time in 19 years, literally about six months ago, got that cutscene of him giving you the can of fizz on the first floor for the very first time ever. I didn't even know. Have you yeah, always I... been a ground floor? Yeah. yeah. You, oh, there we go. So I, I talked. I talk well, I was shocked. <laughs> it was a, general, like, a lovely surprise. <laughs> uh, and, the, and the other thing I was just going to say that it never happened to me before, you were talking about where you where you put the imitation of a key uh, mm. to get the to get the sword key is if you, if if you grab it quick enough the sword key and then run off you can actually get spiked and there's like a little blood animation of blood coming out of Jill from those things as that thing's going away from you that would have crushed you you can actually run into it I don't think it takes any of your health down but you can actually run into it and get injured oh, interesting interesting I did not know that no no did I just happen again happen for the first time I, I suppose we've kind of once we've got the armor key you can. You can kind of go wherever you want. Uh, before we kind of head outside, um, any other rooms that took people's fancy? Uh, I'm talking about any experiences in the portrait room, the puzzle. A bit easier this time than the original. Yeah, it's yeah, very, it, very easy. It's nowhere near as memorable either. I still maintain the Cradle to the Grave puzzle as one of the series' all-time greats. And I think the remake one is, is, is nowhere near as memorable. Although... The shortcut to the graveyard is very, very handy. I always make sure I use my first old key on that particular door. So I just think it serves you well. Well, in terms of real survival, when all the item boxes are, are all over the place, and obviously later in the game as well, when it comes to planning safe routes around the mansion when the hunters turn up, that particular mm. shortcut is very handy. And it bypasses the very fiendish broken handle. Oh, that can go to hell. <laughs> that, that Of all the changes, that one wound me up more than anything else. <laughs> George, just... George wouldn't have got that because that's one of the changes to real survival is that handle never breaks but it breaks in every other mode and that's one of them isn't it it can be very frustrating but in a good way because again it just when you're thinking about that strategy in the save room which way to go and 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 often that that route can be closed off but i didn't know that in real survival that never breaks that's interesting it's it's because obviously people would have to come coming back and forth between bo item boxes because you might have put something specifically in there and i think they realized that if you had were cut off from that because of the door handle thing it would become frustrating so yeah it doesn't it doesn't happen on that mode okay so continuing on you then have your first boss encounter really with um, as we kind of alluded to or what is in the coffin uh, not george trevor apparently long-term listeners and long-term fans of the game um, who are around the, the internet community forums back in the day uh, there was lots of discussion that the Crimson Head Elder was George Trevor himself, and, and, and I suppose if you look at the files, you, you can see where you can see where that theory came from. Alas, uh, we don't think it is because his grave is later on in the game. But Crimson Head the, Elder, it's just the fact that isn't it the T virus or the V act process wouldn't have existed in '67, would it? It just would have been progenitor. Well, yeah, there's that, and you get the file where it basically says the prototype specimen was frozen yeah. and locked in the graveyard. So we know it's not Trevor. That didn't stop people, and uh, there's some good discussions back in back in the day. But yes, the uh, the Crimson Head Elder for uh, for people unaware, not just the kind of big bad, but the the the, the progenitor itself of the V act strain, as George kind of mentions, uh, that causes all the uh, zombies to become uh, crimson heads um, if they are infected with that particular strain. Very dangerous, 
and that's why it was locked in that coffin for some reason. Any difficulties with this boss? I mean, I found him remarkably fast, really fast. The fact that you're facing the wrong bloody way when the battle starts doesn't help. I don't know why that's the that's the case. <laughs> he's always a bit misleading, I find, because he's he's very easy to take down. But I, I'm always on edge because because I'm playing as Chris and I've only got six slots. I I always take all four death death masks with me, and that leaves a slot for whatever weapon you're using, and then a slot for either extra ammo or a healing item. Because obviously, once the boss starts, you're trapped in that room, aren't you? And I've I've fallen foul many times, particularly in the tyrant's room at the end, of going down there without enough ammo and running out and just having to reset the game. A defensive um, so, weapon's quite useful on him. The knife works well. Yeah. I think he is a bit misleading because he's, he is quite ridiculously easy to, to take down. I think he's not much not much stronger than a standard crimson head. I like the fact that he kind of like, he breathes heavily and then kind of like wipes his lips, doesn't he? <laughs> in the cutscene, he's like, he's like ready for a fight. He's very angry. He's like, oh, food, food. I mean, at this point, I'll just say, by the time I got to the Crimson Head Elder, I had established that easy mode was probably a bit too easy. I, I... You always say this, Nick, about every fucking no. mode you play. <laughs> even, yeah, even, even, I, even I was shocked when he didn't, if he hadn't said that, I think it would be. I was going to say, you, the, the, um, the Crimson Head getting out, he's just like, he's, he's been stuck in that coffin for so long. He's, of course, he's angry and he wants to eat. <laughs> I think I killed him with a defensive item in the end. Um, you can, I, I have before, yeah. Yeah, just, uh, just the way it was. But yeah, not, not, not too, not too challenging. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a cool boss fight. And I like, I like the, the imagery that you're in, you know, this kind of chained, beast something they kind of they replicated that a bit in resident Evil village i found found in the in the catacombs and the parts with the late one of the cassandra laid fly people chase you and that kind of area felt had a similar similar sort of vibe going on and um again it was the first a completely new part of the game uh, for new for players who were very familiar with the o, with the og this was this was new and you suddenly realised you were in for something quite special. But yeah, nothing nothing too challenging my end. If anyone else, no one else seemingly found it too too problematic. But a good boss fight just to kind of whet the appetite. Which leads us upstairs in the mansion, the first floor. We haven't really spoken about any of the rooms upstairs. We have uh, new versions of the gas puzzle room with the armour. Again, nothing too strenuous there. Oh, you're confusing me, Nicky. <laughs> With the way you play through this game. Uh, do you not do the Crimson Head boss and then leave the mansion and go to the guardhouse? Yeah, that's because when you said gas room, I got a bit confused as well. Yeah, because you get the stone and metal object, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. We haven't spoken about the upstairs rooms, though. There's, there's stuff we've been... Well, I mean, it depends on the way you play through, but obviously you've also got the um, greenhouse with the plant and, yeah, the, the gas trap. There's the... Um, depending on, you know, which, who you're playing as, you've got the whole... Yawn, Richard, Rebecca with Chris and all that sort of stuff. So I did have one jump scare upstairs. Went into I went and explored the rooms in the upstairs east wing with the aquarium. My, my uh, Martin Crackhorn's office. Yeah, and, yeah. And the bedroom next door. And I didn't have enough inventory slots to um, pick up everything in there. So I I came out, I left it, and then about ten minutes later I went back. <laughs> and as I was running along the landing, one of the zombies just completely burst through the door and grabbed yeah. me. 
you know, it wasn't the it wasn't the doorknob rattling like it usually is. As soon as I got to the door, he just burst through and grabbed me. That's nice. Yeah, that's it's one that's happened to me before. It's just, that, yeah. So that can happen in the downstairs hallway too. The one that doesn't that, that does sometimes yes. rattle, but sometimes you don't get the rattle at all. You're just running down that hallway, and then it, the zombie bursts. It's the one that was in the cut scene when they showed the trailer off the first time, and the zombie burst through the door and grabbed Chris in that scene, and they first showed off the game. That's literally that one. It will, it will sometimes do that as well. You won't get a rattle or any clue. It just just happens exactly like that. And and that, that also happened to me on the first floor, the corridor where you have the um, the room with all the Knights of Armor again, uh, where you you know where Richard is walking past that uh, late on in the game. It just bursts through. But yeah, just so so fantastic that you can still get jump scares in this game. You know, so many years later. So kind of leading up to then the kind of yawn situation as well the uh, battling that and i know it's your one of your favorite areas isn't it george and you have constant battles in the room next to the yawn attic with the where, where you have to t- uh where you can trap the zombie or try and chase the zombie around you gotta move the bookcase and then one comes out oh, yeah because i have a fantastic technique which you because obviously i dodge the zombie that's outside by going up the steps you know where yawn is and then you know he kind of pukes on you and that's how i just dodge him he'll burst through once you once you light the candlestick so i first push before i light the candlestick and push, before he put you know i i move the thing out the way then I, I set off the zombie in that room and then i light the thing so you can basically do the timing so that you can get them both to follow you kind of like benny hill style you know chasing you around the table yeah. but what always gets me and i don't know like i'm not body shaming a zombie here but because that character model <laughs> is large is wider he always gets stuck just (laughs) between one of the chairs it's almost like the developers put that chair there on purpose and sometimes i get it right and you can just easily go around and just again it's just about saving ammo on hard mode it's just that's all like you're you're so obsessed with saving ammo on hard mode in this game that's a fun little room it's nice to meet richard there and people may not know but richard is also voiced by Joe White in this game, so he does he does both Chris and Richard. Now you know it. You could you'll, you'll probably go. Yeah, I, I, I can hear the the, the similarity. Um, it was very funny in Chris's game when they're talking to each other. Yes, <laughs> it's like it's like those it's like that meme of Nolan North talking to other Nolan North um, NPCs. <laughs> Nobody else know this one. Okay, I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> But you go get the go get the serum to try and try and save poor Richard. Having recently played Deadly Silence, I do miss a bit of mouth to mouth. I have to say, <laughs> I have to say because because, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Is it not slightly possible that they could have added it? to the ps4 version because it does does it not have a microphone on the controller and they could yeah, have actually but, added yeah, some yeah, ds stuff it's about it's about consistency across all the platforms and you know that's an addition to the remake whereas this, the whole point of the hd version was just to upscale it's the, the, the same core game just with the hd backgrounds i now, appreciate richard's little extended role though. that's part of the reason i normally play as chris mm, i know yes. it doesn't really make any difference in the grand scheme of things but it's nice to have him survive a little bit longer that's the only tempter for me to play chris just so i can have him live a bit longer and yes. to experience his death in it's the just, ring. It's, yeah, it's just a shame his death is is so bad in the remake. He's basically just sat there having a paddle. What is he doing? <laughs> oh, oh, Chris! 
yeah. and then just gets fucking eaten. It's, it's, it's hardly the um, very heroic one-handed pump moment um, of the shotgun that he gets for Jill, which is actually very awesome. The the aqua ring cutscene is comical if you haven't seen it, Nick. It's 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 a, it's a thing of beauty. He is just literally just leant against the railing. You can almost see his little feet just waving in the water, and he's just like, "Oh, Chris, Jump. gobble." <laughs> End of Richard. How did everyone find the yawn battle in in the attic? I would, I skillfully didn't get hit. I grabbed the uh, the mask well and popped off. Well done. It's very easy, isn't it? Because one of the the wooden beams missing that was in the original game, so your movement's not restricted in there at all. You can easily mm. grab the, the the mask and and get by him without getting bit. And he's really slow in the remake. He was very like fiendishly fast in the original, and like the lunges and the bites were quick, whereas they're very well telegraphed in this. Mm. You know, he sort of rears his head, gives you a good sort of half a year to react. Saving that ammo is relying on Richard to, you know, deal enough damage to take Yawn down himself. And he can be painfully slow and, and very selective in terms of when he lets that shotgun off or not. I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong in this, but I'm pretty sure that if you do incapacitate the snake yourself with your own ammo, the next time you go in there, there's a box of shotgun shells on the shelf, but they're never there if you don't shoot the snake yourself, oh. if that makes sense. I, c- I can't remember if that's a thing or not. I'm pretty sure it is. No, it's interesting uh, you say that because I don't know if it's on an easy mode, but I do remember there was one years and years ago, there was one particular time I played and there was like, I remember thinking that, yeah, there's definitely shotgun shells there and then just never finding them there again. Definitely there on my playthrough, but it doesn't mean a lot on easy mode. I'll double, I'll double check that, but I think, yeah, I think they only appear if you shoot, if you incapacitate the snake yourself. So apologies, we should have talked about the yawn before the um, Crimson Head Elder, but never mind. We get there. We all get to the same point in the end. We all get to as we start to head outside with the yeah the stone and metal object, not the wind crest, which is uh, you know the moon crest and the star crest and the sun crest. None of that. Oh no, that's that's for something else. But it's always a it's always a nice moment. I don't know about you, but when you leave the mansion for the first time, you check your map. You've done everything that you can. There's locked doors. There's the helmet key that's looking looking a long way off at that point, but you're thinking, right, let's go, let's 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 leave it, and then you enter into the outdoors, and the game just as it does in the original just goes ballistic in terms of new enemies, uh, new settings, and remake really does amp it up a bit. Once you kind of get in into the into the new kind of shed stud well, it's not shed shed area you've now got that new section going down down some steps and dare you venture that way and you are rewarded with what can only be described as something i've for the last decade have been calling for capcom to do an outdoor forest scene <laughs> jesus but how good is it i mean i know it's horribly linear there's only one path and a kind of circle and the puzzles relatively straightforward but how atmospheric is it how wonderfully unnerving is it you've got the constant noise of the cerberus howling in the background and as you come back you can hear rustling of the zombies uh, and then you also get that lovely shot as you come back into the mansion of the mansion with all the some of the lights on in the background it's just it's just Uh-oh. so good it's that, so good th- that scene when you turn around and look back at the mansion yeah is is stunning and um yeah i'll, I'll say it very quickly a few people probably know about this but uh, in a re- in an interview um Kenichi Iowa said that one of the inspirations when he's kind of doing some of the designing for this uh, for the original game 
time uh, was a, a fighting fantasy uh, choose your own adventure book that we've got that we you know we have in the UK by Steve Jackson and Ian Livingston. I used to love those books, you know, those choose your own adventure books. And there's one called um, House of Hell, and if you check out the original cover art for that. It's very, it, that's where the inspiration of, for that shot comes from with the mansion with the light on. Uh, people should check that out. House of Hell uh, by Steve Jackson and Ian Livingston. But yeah, that shot when you turn around, it's just amazing. Because again, I've just loved the, the, you know, I know it's not about this, this game and I should be playing Silent Hill probably instead, but just that kind of haunted mansion type feeling that you get in the Spencer Mansion. And you really get those vibes, don't you? When you're outside and you look mm. back and you see that one light. Like, like what's going on in that you know it's yeah it's just wonderful but it's not just that you, you know it's, it was also just like some of the outdoor scenery as well you know there's just enough light to see the path where you're going and then you've got the little waterfall features and that's trickling on in the background as well uh, it's just I, I i absolutely love it and again you've got nice bits with a more of a grave yard as well with the crows, the crows become quite a prominent BOW in this area, forcing you to run and then use the, the, the wind crest to get the magnum. Very early on, I thought, folks, getting the getting the magnum. Yeah, I just tend to uh, collect it and bank it, and I won't mm. use the magnum until the hunters turn up. And then you're treated to a hut, de- derelict, worry, worrying some hut, and the biggest monstrosity of them all, the tragedy of Lisa Trevor. Wow. That's um, that's an experience. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a teaser at this point because, of course, of course, you don't have to fight her in any in any way. But it's just a hint of what's to come. I've just I've never been a fan of the way she just knocks your character out and you just wake up by the fire. It's I find it very strange that whole scene. It's never really sure. made sense to me. Yeah, why they do that? Why don't? Why can't you just walk around the corner and she appears around the corner? I've, I've had a few people suggest that she she does it to prepare you to remove your face, but. It's still, I agree, a very jarring edit. That makes sense, though. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can see why, why that, where that theory's come from. I mean, I, I assume everyone just runs. There's no point fighting, really, is there? No, it's just a waste of ammo. There's a nice little sort of Easter egg. You can look through the window when you hear the door open and you can look through a window and you can just catch a glimpse of her coming inside, which is like oh, a completely cool. optional thing. It's like very, a nice little touch. Oh, that's good. I didn't know that. Oh, the atmosphere that. for the cabin upon the hull, you know, climbing the hill, going through the outdoor graveyard, the, the aesthetic and everything is just incredible for that yeah. section. It's kind of like a Blair Witch Project cabin, isn't it? It's, yeah. uh, it? Although, I mean, don't look at the Lisa's copy of the London Underground map. It's a bit, you know, immersive, breaking. <laughs> <laughs> but it's up there on the wall. She's just a fan of, you know, <laughs> of the London Underground. Who wouldn't be? But yeah, no. You can uh, get those maps everywhere. Oh, okay. I only noticed it in Lisa's cabin. Are they all over the place? No, no. I mean, in general, like in real life, you can get them. <laughs> Put it on your wall, John. Yeah. I but, like my underground trains. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Did you have any experiences around that part, Rob? I remember the first time I ever played. I remember just going, "Wow, what a what a section!" Like I just was like, "This is an amazing addition." Why, you know? And you can kind of understand like why it wouldn't exist in the original. Would have been very hard to pull off, but like considering the fidelity and the, the backgrounds and stuff, you guys have pretty much nailed it. I mean, the, there's the crows and the around as well, which kind of adds a bit of atmosphere as well and yeah the dogs as you mentioned and, and yeah it's a it's a nice area and as we talked about earlier it's um if you down enemies it, you, you can they can hide in the grass without you realizing so mm. to be careful there as well did anyone else experience i mean this was the first time other than perhaps the small section with the crimson head this was the first kind of big new area of the game i, I know i know the mansion had been changed and we've got some new staircases and whatnot but 
on the whole, it was still quite recognisable as what it was in the original. This was the first brand new big area. And I don't know, but I felt it was quite unnerving because you there was that degree of safety that that kind of safety blanket that you had a good idea what was coming up you know you know you're going outside you, you know there's going to be some cerberus some are going to go then to the guardhouse but you've taken this detour and you've gone okay this is this is this is new this is a new puzzle this is new area i don't know where i'm going this you know and that that's a security blanket comes off and it was those moments that i really really liked you know, it's almost like you were playing a completely brand new game, which is cool. I don't know if anyone else felt that. I mean, at the at the, the time when I played the original, kind of what I was trying to get at, like, I remember just feeling that originally when I played the, the release back in 2002. And it was really nice to see it in HD. I mean, I think it's, again, Sean was saying before that there's some minor adjustments to the backgrounds because, again, a lot of those were animated. There was like a very strong storm going through, and I think it's they've had to try and recreate it. Oh, I don't think it's the originals again, but I think they've done a good job. The environment still has the same atmosphere, and a part of that is obviously the visuals, part of it's the sound design. Okay, so you've left that area, and you're now back on course, if you like, to something a bit more familiar, and you're in the courtyard. This is probably one of the most faithful areas, I think, to the original. Didn't really change too much, other than quite a lot of updated graphics, uh, a couple of height variations with um, some new steps they've put in and a kind of gazebo thing in the middle of one of the courtyards. But otherwise, I thought I felt that was probably one of the most faithfully recreated parts of the game. Uh, any any particular highlights there for anyone? I'm always fascinated by the little transparent creature that's swimming around in the fountain. Yes! What is it? <laughs> I do not know. It's fascinating. I don't I think get the I feeling know what I, you're I talking about. about. I feel like originally it wasn't supposed to be a transparent creature it was supposed to be something that was supposed to be a sprite animation like an actual 3d model or something was supposed to be in there and that you occasionally see and and no one ever did it 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 just the animation was prepared for it in the background and someone forgot to put the actual object in is this the courtyard where you have the water fountain that's blocking the path and you can and you can put the battery in the little slot yeah if you if you examine the fountain it gives you some text be interesting to know what the uh, Japanese version does oh Oh, wow I've There's, never examined that. I don't know what transparent creatures live in fountains. Who knows? Who knows? It's the uh, f- first embryo of a Farrah fellow. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you put that on your grave. Head cannon. Yeah. <laughs> a, a couple of zombie dogs. Cerberus, again, per- good aiming needed as always. Any stun locks? That was exactly where I was going to go, Nick. It, it's one of those areas, I, as I was saying, like, it's one thing to say the dogs are pretty tough in the game in general, but I think in the open areas they become more formidable because at least like the say the dog whistle corridor that they only can kind of really run within the realms of the balcony itself and until so you can kind of figure out the direction they're going to come from but sometimes if you're on off angle or got to they push you back or something and knock you into another camera angle it can be very difficult to get positioning again they, they, so they have got a wider area to run around in as so if you're not used to the camera angles it can be it can be a bit um, difficult at times because I think they can sometimes go down where the, where the elevator is or where it's not working at that point that that may be the best place to go and then you can c- try and control the situation from there and then kind of fire back up where you've just come that's probably a little tip if you can get down there before before they attack you the courtyard scenes are v- relatively brief you've got the square crank you drain the water and climb up the th- uh, cl- climb up the ladder and no no adders for me the first time i don't think you get them in the first time that's reserved for a bit later on dropping from the trees but i did get them on the way back is it's, that the same it's incredibly hard to avoid them on the way back as well mm. most, most i think most of us will you know 
admit to the fact that you nearly always take damage there and poison. It's not is it complete RNG as to whether they turn up or not, or is it script always scripted that they don't when you first go, but when you come back, they they drop. Possibly, yeah. It's, I, it's like that for a lot of things, isn't it, it? The first time's clear, and the second time something yeah. happens. It's because again, yeah, they're subverting those expectations for people that have played the original, which would have expected them the first time. That's like but the then, window we were talking about earlier on. So. Yeah. But then they drop as you come to the guardhouse. Mm. I felt, yeah. And they're like, oh, quick, run, 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 run. And that does bring us nicely onto the guardhouse, which I think we've spoken about in previous podcasts. As on the whole, I think all of us prefer the original guardhouse to the new guardhouse. There's, there is something quite special about the OG guardhouse, but this one is still a very, very haunting experience. It's got a lot of things going for it. Who wants to take us through their, their, their general experience with the with the guardhouse? Stars, we'll start with you. I didn't really run into many problems with uh, the guardhouse. Well, I think I was actually able to blast through it quite quickly. By this point, I'd kind of overcome early ammo issues. And in terms of sort of enemies and things like that, because there's not... If, if you structure the order quite well in terms of how you visit rooms, you don't need to go back anywhere. So there's no sort of need to control zombies and there's actually very very few monsters in the guardhouse on the whole the only hardship i encountered was i made a slight error on the draining of the aqua ring and on hard mode and i assume it's the same on real survivor time limit is brutal and i did it with red text 90 degree you know 90 percent pressure and i must have been seconds from having the entire chamber well we'll get we'll get we'll get to the aqua ring because that's a very special moment but uh you, sean you are a notorious arachnophobe how did you cope with the with these spiders i mean they look stunning the spiders in this game i'm absolutely fine with them for some reason these the the, the resident evil spiders across the entire series don't trigger my arachnophobia i'm very fortunate in that respect <laughs> i love that opening scene though when you go through that room and it's above your head yeah it's a yeah, beautiful it's camera creepy. angle yeah my friend hated that. He he's a he's a reactor as well. And I remember I was playing it. He was watching. He really likes the franchise, but he hates spiders. And um, he was watching, and then there was that shot, that exact one you were talking about, Nick, and he just freaked out. Like he was like, <laughs> "Fuck off, no!" Ah! He like absolutely hated it. Um, but yeah, it was pretty. That was pretty funny. But yeah, I'm kind of interested. It doesn't set you off, Sean. Like, yeah, he he sees all the little hairs and and it freaks them out and of course the detail on the remake ones that has that yeah, sort of level of detail on them I, th- I think for me it's more animations and things like that uh, like I, I, f- I find the, of all the games not you know not re like the skyrim spiders just fuck me up so much that the, the, the way they move and the way they're animated just get me on on a level to the point where i, get, I struggle it, to play it at times like it's really it's really bad. is it more not, erratic yeah is it more erratic? I, don't know. I think I mean, yeah. humorously it's the the original black tiger in the og game with the way that the animation sort of stunted and weird has probably affected me more than the very smooth animations of the remake <laughs> ones which sounds odd it's weird but i reckon having a phobia is a funny no, thing I, I it's not definable in yeah. in many ways. It's it's like that so, with lots of people. I mean, people who have bird, bird phobias and stuff as well. It's like it, it can be movement erraticness. It's not the fact it's a bird or its shape or what's on it. It's it's the movement and and trying to quantify that exactly is really hard. Like I had a friend who who hated um, living in London because the they were, as far as they were concerned, like pigeons didn't have any spatial awareness and they'd fly in people's faces and they hate true. pigeons like they're actually. <laughs> Friday pigeons. Whereas I'm not used to that. I wasn't used to that concept here. 
here in New Zealand, pigeons don't do that because they there's not the density. You know, there's not the same number of pigeons, the number of people. So pigeons don't tend to fly at you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just like, I didn't get that at all. But I can get it from that from that description, of the erraticness. I, I'm like that with snakes. Um, a video game versions no, but if I was like to see a real snake, I just don't trust the movement of them. Like, <laughs> I don't have a, a complete phobia, but I, I can see why, like, they can just move real quick all of a sudden. They can move really slow if they want to, and then they can just move really fast, and I don't like that. So, yeah, I can kind of understand it. The Code Veronica spiders freak me out more. I think Sean's right. It's in the motion. It's in the animation, because I'm a huge arachnophobe. And, but for some reason, these extremely, stunningly, beautifully realistic spiders that we get in Zero and Remake, they, they don't set me off as like the Code Veronica ones do. Uh, I think the one thing I want to say about the residents, I just wanted to add, was that, you know, it, you, know you could tell, it's, is, you know, is it a poor man, Spencer Mansion? I mean, it's got so much to live up to. You know, it's the second kind of location. Uh, it, it's the same kind of building in a sense and so it's got a lot to live up to uh, sean's right there's kind of there is a slight lack of enemies and the main difficulty i found in this is is, is the plant 42 battle if i don't make vigil but i just think it, it's still with with the, a lot i think it's a lot to do with the sound and the files that you find it, it, it's got great atmosphere i mean i think one i mean up there with the keeper's diary i think is it the suicide note that you find is mm. it uh not is it is it alma or linda i always get alma and linda the two you know widows mixed Maybe. up it's probably going to be a question Oh, okay. Mm. I believe that one, but no, that's a great, that's a fantastic file, and there's a lot, there's a lot to be said for me. It's the the aqua ring, and it kind of lets it down a little bit, just in terms of a location. Oh. And I think you know, people that play the HD remaster are, are, are well aware that it's probably one of the roughest looking locations in terms of you know what was improved upon. I want to come to Batman, but uh, a couple of a couple of notes I made. Um, I really liked the point that. It's quite quiet at the beginning. I was a bit disappointed. I was like, oh, where's... Because the guardhouse in the original has got such an iconic soundtrack. But then it comes in later. I found that really effective. Um, I think... I can't remember... I can't remember, actually, what you've got to do to trigger it. I think you've got to go in one of the rooms and then... Then the music comes back into areas where it previously wasn't, and I thought that was quite nice. Batman, what about you? What in your kind of in the upper levels of the of the guardhouse pre Plant Forty Two, anyway? Yeah, quite straightforward. Like Sean said, there's not a great many enemies in the guardhouse. It's it's probably not quite as good as the original, but I still think it it represents some of the best examples of ex environmental storytelling. You know, the the newspaper articles that are all about stars and the beds that have got blood vomited up in them. You know, there's some very strong atmosphere in the guardhouse i think but in terms of actual playthrough it's very short very straightforward area the only issue i had and i've done it a few times now is i forget when i first go into the aqua ring i forget to take the i forget to go back to room 101 and uh, sorry one room one and drain the bath and get the key to unlock uh, the control room in the aqua ring i've done that a couple of times but i tend to when playing as Chris, I don't really see the point of unlocking the uh, medical storeroom because it will be unlocked automatically later on with Rebecca. And I sort of tactically start to wind down use of the shotgun because I know I will get Richard's shotgun in the aqua ring anyway. So they're my sort of main tactics in the guardhouse. But you can't really go wrong. It's, it's quite a straightforward little section of the game. I, I was thinking about it in the sense of what you guys have been saying, but I was thinking about this at the time. It's one of the areas that it feels like the one area they probably could have spent some more time on, on redeveloping when they were doing the remake. Because like the entrance is pretty much exactly the same. It's like a corridor and then there's just a door. 
And like you look at what they did with the Lisa Trevor's thing and you could have easily been like, this could have been another outdoor section with like a garden path and like that you actually see the guardhouse slightly off in the distance and there, there was a chance to kind of expand the rooms. But as you've all cracked exactly what I was going to say, which is that it's very straightforward and it's 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 fine it's a, it's a perfectly good area with some good details it's just yeah it's not as memorable as the original in some ways and it's a very seemingly short section very straightforward there's not a lot of path deviation getting rid of the plant um whipping around kind of Jesus that Christ. sort of stuff yeah has I, made has made that change quite a bit as well so i i came an utter utter nuisance i don't know what i was doing wrong i thought i was covering up the holes but clearly not but that really <laughs> I don't know what, honestly. And the other point, because I won't dwell on it, the uh, I know I know it's a bit later on in the but that book puzzle I must have spent on you know we got to rearrange the red books into the you know to o- open up the the room to get to the plant forty two. Jeez, I, I had absolutely no idea. <laughs> you do it in like three moves. Do you know what yeah, human body looks like? So, you no. so yeah. <laughs> You need to go, you you need to go back and watch my. I mean, I, I I what did I say? I thought it was. Ladies a... and gentlemen, welcome to Nick mode. <laughs> are you so unfamiliar around the, the, the female form? I don't. I don't what, are you, where I mean, where what, where are you putting her breasts? Where are you putting her feet? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't understand what you're doing. I didn't know what it was at all, and no, no, I did, I couldn't see the picture. I thought it was like a. What did I say either a, a footballer? Are you playing think... it on an end game? What, <laughs> what are you playing this game on? It was. I had to physically Get stand close to the TV. I had yes. to... Honestly, I it were people were laughing their heads off because I was like, Nick, "What in the Nick, earth is Nick, it?" Have you have, have you checked your glasses prescription? I know. I know. I'm, gonna have, I'm gonna have to watch this now. Just bear with me. <laughs> Do you go out of your way to make these games harder artificially? <laughs> I thought it was like a crashing wave. That was it. Yeah, I thought it was a, ro- a kind of scene in the in a rock pool with a wave crashing over it. I've got to see this woman that Chris that that, that Nick's made out of the just what she looks like. <laughs> oh, it, oh, it's really bad. And people people just I think they just wet themselves in chat. And I just couldn't see it. Jesus Christ! These these episodes are like two and a half hours long. I know. I, I know. It's awful. Anyway, whilst you're having a look back on that, we can now go downstairs into the basement and, of course, the aqua ring, which, from my personal point of view, everyone know, a la Neptune, it was brilliant to see the sharks get better starring role in the game. I loved the aqua ring, except that puzzle. Jesus, I know, Sean, you've kind of mentioned it already. The tension, the... the, the, the oh. It's so I remember. Well, I, I just get anxious about that because you've just got to get it right in the right time, and that the pressure's dropping. Like, and it, yeah. it it always feels so close. Easy, don't you have about two hours to do it? I don't know. I don't. I, I still think I got very close to. I think I was relaxed, huh. too relaxed. But oh god, it's um. I just love. I just love the whole scene. I think, I, and then even when it's over, it's not over because you've got you've got the you know the shark and it can still kill you even if it's flapping about. And you've got to do that one final electric zapping push to to finally eradicate it. But I, I have a very soft spot, uh, George. But you, you you don't like the Aqua Ring as much? Oh, no, not so much that. I just know it was more in terms of the HD remaster. 
and that it, it does look very very rough oh um, i see i see yeah but no in terms of location yeah no you're right it's great and, and the first few playthroughs on that you know the tension particularly if you're like me and you didn't read the file which tells you which thing and for many many playthroughs i would it would just be randomly i'd have to guess which one it was which file of one two or three uh it was quite late on in my in my remake gameplay experience that i discovered you could you know read that file which told you which valve uh to do so yes. that, that that added extra tension for me um, it's just a, not really anything but i discovered the other day when i accident when i did all of that and accidentally didn't pick up the key that that you get the is it for room is it, i can't remember that was it 103 the key that you pick up um from neptune i went out of the room so i had to go back in to get it and actually if you go back in after you've killed him he disappears the little one's still there flapping about, but the main one's gone. Oh, hmm. don't know that. I don't know about anyone else, but I mean, unless you're not accustomed to the old tank controls, that whole point can be quite dip, a bit more challenging than perhaps it needs to be because you've got to keep running back and, and then the camera keeps changing. I was like, oh God, press it. I was clicking, trying to click on the right, at the right point and I kept, I kept missing it. And, and yeah, that, that, that increased the... Uh, Increase the tension. What about you, Rob? Do you, do you like the Aqua Ring? It's, it's GTC. That's a little bit rougher, and just in the HD um, port. But it was such a that was the sort of change I was expecting of the guardhouse as well when I first got there, and it, it wasn't the same. Whereas I think the Aqua Ring was a massive improvement over the original basement, which was pretty lackluster in the original. Um, once you got down that hallway, I think it's it's good. I think you're right, 100 percent about the um, the challenge of the the, the puzzle and the angles and stuff it can be and as Sean alluded to it can be pretty tight on the harder modes but yeah it was it was fun I just I still enjoy it I, I like the giant sharks more cinematic and you yes know, it's, a, it's an environment that I that I think is a, a, a major improvement over the original because in the original you don't have to see the shark the big shark at all really you get the cut scene and then you just run to the door and then run to the, that's it. drain that's the it. bloody water out yeah. and, and it's flapping around on the the ground and you're like oh well that was pretty anticlimactic yeah, so exactly. Turned it into something it, much more yeah. interesting. It, we were joking about it in regards to Chris's scenario with um, Richard, but at least it's still something as well. Like there's an event that happens there, and yeah, they could have perhaps done a little bit better with Richard's demise. But the idea that something can happen there as well—it's kind of cool. It is reminiscent of the um, almost like the scene from Deep Blue Sea. Although I'm not sure which came first. <laughs> I can't remember thinking back. But um, yeah, you've kind of got that moment where it's kind of crashing against the, you know, with, with the oil pressure and things like that. It's a, it's a really nice moment, and um, I loved it. Batman, did, did you escaped unharmed? All I'll say is, um, real survival. The timer goes really quick. Even if you do everything correctly first time, the it's still up to something like seventy percent by the time you get the shutters down and drain the water. So it is quite tense. But I preferred the uh, the remake Aqua Ring design personally. There's something about sloshing through the water with the little sharks chasing you, and if you catch the correct angle at the right time, you can just see the the huge ne- Neptune underwater swimming past. Yeah, but yeah, and I think it's quite clever as well when you come out of that room after you've drained the water. You find where you climb the ladder to come back up. It's that same area where you have to push the three crates to get past in the first place when there's still water there and obviously you've seen the crates have fallen down because you've drained the water you know i thought that was quite clever sorry i'm just i'm just distracted i'm just watching you trying to do this puzzle with seven books (laughs) it's like watching resident evil with zippy and bungle (laughs) Uh, that's a quote that's a quote resident evil (laughs) podcast it's like trying to watch resident evil with zippy and bungle it's like four minutes. Four minutes to rearrange seven books. Yeah, this is it's clearly this is, the form is of a woman. Why that, 
this is this is why this is why the whole run took him eight hours and four videos of two and a half hours each. I'm just amazed you you have to cut this out. Just I'm amazed you managed to produce children. I mean, you, get, <laughs> you seem to have no idea what a woman looks. <laughs> no idea what a woman looks like. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, did, did, didn't you know? GT, it was it was it was IVF. <laughs> no, I had to ask the chat. What what is the picture? I didn't I didn't get what the picture was. What is it? And someone said it's Take a lady lay down, Nick. <laughs> I thought it was a wave. <laughs> the the crest of the wave. There's the crest, and I see the yeah. the, the, the back of the wave there. That's the, the crest. Is that part? Thankfully, now you can see, thankfully. Now you can see why I was having so much time mocking him on the two parts that I joined. Yeah. With Plump Forty Two, my memory totally failed me, and I always thought irrespective of what you did, Rebecca always turned up for Chris so you could do the V-Jolt puzzle. So I was quite surprised that when that didn't happen and I had to do the entire battle, but it wasn't too much trouble, thankfully, because by the time you've got the um, riot shotgun or assault shotgun, whatever it's called, and the remake, it, it makes pretty short work of I'm 42 all round. But um, I was still expecting a it's... Rebecca appearance. That never happened. And I was told afterwards that in order to trigger that, Richard has to die without you getting the serum. I did V-Jolt. I thought I was going to do it, and I did. And that meant I spent a long time in the guardhouse because I was—I didn't know the coat, the the, the colour code, you know. So I thought I'm going to do this properly because you just don't—you don't necessarily need it in the original. You can just—you can almost guess the numbers and whatnot. But I thought, no, I'm going to do it properly as you're supposed to do, and go to the pool table, work out the colours, and do it—do it, you know, as methodically as one could. As a result, obviously. Plant Forty Two is is not a boss fight at all. Once you pit, hit it with the V Jolt, it um well, it's game over, isn't it? You just come in, Barry Barry comes in and blasts it, and that's it. George, I know you like to do. You, you've had some epic battles with Plant Forty Two over the years. I think you 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 got accused of not using flame rounds instead of use acid rounds. I've definitely made so many. I mean, I've made mistakes on stream that are so appalling. Sonny Bowers accused me of trolling the audience, you know, literally p- p- <laughs> like putting it on when I, I'm, je- um, I mean, I was. One stream I watched, George, I think you missed every single shot of the grenade launcher. That was it. <laughs> it was incredible. Oh, yes, with Plant 42. Yeah, it sailed over its bloody head. Well, it doesn't have a head, but you know what I mean. Yes, I do tend to find that battle quite hard. I use the self-defense because I didn't. It's like it's like one Magnum shot, isn't it? The self-defense gun. So I tend to just get that one of the just get that off. And then I think like Batman was saying, use the, the shotgun. But I do tend to find that quite tricky, that battle. You know, particularly, obviously, if if, uh, if Barry doesn't turn up. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, I wasted every <laughs> single one. Yeah. <laughs> just need some sort of buddy cop show with Nick solving the book puzzle and you firing the grenade launcher. It'll be amazing. Uh, what about you, um, Rombi? Your plant forty-two? Because obviously, at this point, you can play as Rebecca. So, did any you know? How, how was that experience for our Chris players? That's yeah, pretty straightforward. See, I, I've I've never played as Rebecca in, rem- in remake. All the original. Well, of course, because you haven't played as Chris. I've not played as great. Anyway, Batman, you were about to... Uh, I saved Richard, unfortunately, so I never got to play as Rebecca. Ah, never mind. So who, what, what, how, was your plant over that. how was your Plant 42 battle? I mean, essentially just... It's it's it makes it much more simple. It's it weakens the play. It's the same as what you've done using the v- V-Jolt in your... So yeah, there's not really anything I can say, Nick. It's... <laughs> That's fine, That's fine. I say it's quite similar, but it's useful to have the upper levels a bit more. Should, as I say, it should make it a bit more easier to hit, but then uh, George proves that 
that's not necessarily the case. I would say Plant 42 is a boss that is on the whole better in the remake. Yes. It's a little, it's a little bit yeah. underwhelming yeah. in the original. So that does then, that segue, lead us back into the mansion uh, with a helmet key in tow. And of course, the mo- one of the most famous cutscenes being replicated, the appearance and the arrival of the Hunter 121 Alpha, which I still I still think works very well for remake. I, I think I think it gives the same the same vibes, the same intensity. And thankfully, these hunters in remake are not quite as deadly as the originals because they're in their they're in their own league, but they're still pretty formidable. I admit I am on the whole underwhelmed by them in the remake. I, they don't really give me any trouble whatsoever, and I don't feel they've got. They they have a similar aesthetic, but it's just something something's off about them. And I think this was the beginning of the decline of the hunter. Unfortunately, this game. I'm really interested by that point because I've got myself into so much trouble and criticism by talking about how I find the Eliminators in Zero far more fearsome in terms of their dynamic movement. And I'm kind of with Sean. I mean, there are certain areas or or, or kind of experiences with the Hunters that are absolutely memorable and fantastic that we've all had, you know, those kind of um, when they've launched themselves at you and the the, the surprise decapitations. And, you know, when when you can hear that croaking, around the corner and it's more kind of the sound effects but i'm i'm like with sean because i i tend to find this you know with the liquor which meant to be such an iconic moment in in resident evil 2 and you can just get rid of it dispatch it so quickly with a couple of shotgun shells you know if you position yourself in the right moment yeah they they are a little easier than kind of we'd like to think about them it's almost like they've got more we talk them up you know more than they actually are the only thing that really threw me was when the first one turns up i'd misremembered how it plays out and obviously you get the fmv moment in the original you get an additional slightly short in-game cutscene of the hunter walking towards Mm. you it's like its introduction and i was expecting that to happen in the remake and it didn't and it and the hunter just just leaps and lunges at you and i only just missed getting hit because i was i like was bet i was like totally disarmed by it because i was waiting for that camera angle which shows the hunter in the corridor and in in the remake it just goes straight into the game and the hunter's basically doing a leap as you catch your breath and it's like oh christ but then certainly with the assault assault shotgun they're dead in two shots even on hard mode you know they really are sapped of of difficulty it might be my gameplay but the one of the things that adds the tension to me just quickly say one b is the fact that sometimes i find that the random nature of how many shotgun shells do put them down because sometimes i find i need three or four but that obviously maybe i'm doing something wrong i think it's just one of those things where the original were considered perhaps especially by probably a lot of players to be sometimes a bit unfair and too hard and they kind of overcompensated a bit for it in the remake because there are times obviously where it becomes a bit unfair like i've definitely talked about this before in the og where you are coming out from the basement and you can get tag teamed by hunters and literally stunned sunlocked and can't move yeah. and you know they're 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 definitely unfair bits there were also random accounts of you know you could be less so fractionally off health and they would do a you know, decapitation as well. And I think they tried to kind of counter that a little bit and perhaps went a little bit too easy on it. I mean, I think from a visual standpoint and from an audio standpoint, they're amazing. Like, it is very creepy to hear that kind of croaky clicking sound and the, the stomping and, and, and the screeches and all that. They all work really, really well. And they look great. And as, you know, different slightly ver- colored variations of them as well, as Nick will attest to. But yeah, they are definitely slightly easier than, than perhaps you would hope, even on the harder modes. Perhaps it's just because I've just been playing Revelations recently that I 
warmly embraced this hunter. I don't know. <laughs> um, it was nice not to have complete cannon fodder uh, that was the Revelations hunter. John, what about you? How did, how did you generally find the, the the hunter experience in this game? Yeah, I agree. I think they're a bit more nullified than what they are in the original. But having said that, I don't think there's as many as there is in the original. I seem to remember coming back from the guardhouse on the PlayStation version, pretty much every single route around the mansion was patrolled by one or two of them. Yeah, but, but there's a few safe havens in the remake, which I find a bit curious, like the upstairs corridor in the east wing outside the armour puzzle room is completely free of hunters. And also the downstairs corridor, uh, the Kenneth corridor, I know one can burst through the door depending on the trigger, but that corridor is empty as well. And in the original game, there was two or three hunters in that corridor. So there doesn't seem to be as many as... as as there was in the original, which I find a bit surprising. The, the Kenneth um, corridor was used to be horrible coming up from the kitchens. Yeah, and in this version, it's it's completely empty. And I wonder why that is, to be honest, because you don't have the sense of dread in the remake in the original. And yeah, that area is where I got stunlocked that Sean was mentioning. Like it's really easy to get stunlocked in that in that hallway. And yeah, I think it's that it's they went a little bit overcompensating on making it slightly easier. Both in numbers and difficulty, how easy it is to dispatch them and, and, and how many were around. The hunters where you first come into the uh, the downstairs room with the chandelier outside the save room and, and you're fighting one downstairs and then the other one will leap off the top banister yeah. and land downstairs next to you. That's quite good. That's, that's a glorious set-piece little moment, that. Because yeah. it's, it's such a shock the first time. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to say that's the only one I can think of that really does, in terms of like the game mechanic, offers a bit of challenge. You're right; it, it, it's a fantastic moment because just as you're dispatching the first one, the other one's already jumped down and, and is coming at you. Whereas you compare that to the outside terrace, and you can, you know, if you just come through that that door, you know, the one that you can unlock after, you know, that's furthest away from where you know where the herbs are growing. You can just stand there, and you can hear the croaking off into the distance, and you know, you can just position yourself. And the, the hunters, you don't even need to see them on screen; you can just take them out so quickly. So you're right; it's a shame they didn't utilize that that sort of you know that mechanic in other areas because that is a wonderful use of the, of the two hunters in that one. Yeah, yeah it's the same as the door, the door, the one you mentioned about the door bursting out as well. It's like a good mechanic because it's like a good appearance that you're running down that hallway and hunter jumps well, that's up exactly, and you smashes that, yeah. your door. That's exactly what happened. I, I wasn't expecting that. I didn't I didn't know hunters bash the doors. I knew some of the zombies did. Um and so I in my playthrough I had tried to remove the zombies that I think burst through. So where the Richard room, I know one comes out there so I killed that zombie. So when I was coming down the Kenra at this point uh, and you can, you can, again, you can see this on, on my stream. I was not expecting as a hunter to burst through that door and jump out of my skin, only to be greeted by the joy that was the red hunter. So uh, I don't know if people know, but there is a red hunter, a couple of red hunters in Remake. You have to do a particular course of action. I don't know what that course of action is, I'm afraid. I'm sure someone can fill, it, fill them in. But it's the first time I've ever triggered. I never in my couple of playthroughs before years ago. I never, never had to happen. But the hunter that burst through not only gave me a heart attack, uh, but I was like, "Oh my god, is, is it a red?" And I, I caught a glimpse. Of, is it a red hunter? And it is. And I took sheer delight in killing him, just because. <laughs> yeah, it's just nice to see because I've, I've never triggered it before. Um, I was very proud, very proud of that moment. Do anyone know what what are the requirements? Because there's two. Po there's another point where it, where it could. 
turn up the red hunter it's it's so it's the kenneth corridor and i think it is it the it's not the it's it's not the corridor with uh by the save room it's, yeah it's the chandelier corridor that's chandelier, what talking yeah. about yeah i've I've, I've nearly ex- had that every time although i didn't have a single red hunter this playthrough which was weird what's the trigger do we know i think it's purely random is, is, is it just random there we go but um i, I don't know what... someone someone who who listens could probably correct me on that but there's all sorts of colours because there's there's a there's like a grey kind of monochrome one. It's almost like they took the idea of like the the different coloured gremlins. You know, like gremlins are kind of green, but they have different coloured spots, and they kind of went, let's apply that idea to hunters. That'd be kind of cool because it's like still core at the core level. They're kind of the same style. They've just got like a different colour tone mixed in. I'm curious to know what's like the second the sort of revisit to the mansion is is um, one of the portions of the game where you can pretty much do things in any order you want really and I'm curious yeah. to know what your sort of default playthroughs are for the, the mansion revisited section. Do you go and kill the yawn straight away or do you go through the crushing wall puzzle and, and down into the kitchens and up the elevator? I don't seem to have a default that's, setting that's for this portion of the game. I seem to, I seem to change it every time. I'm the same as you. It's, it's interesting. It, it, it's a good moment in the in the game when, because it is deceptively open world at the beginning. Nick's right. It is actually it does a good job of making you think it's a lot more open world than it actually is. But at this point, yeah, John, I think you're right. It's the first, it's probably the point in the game where you have the most variation in terms of which routes. And yeah, I'm the same as you. It often will just depend again on just being so limited in the amount of ammo that I have and just desperately trying to stay alive. Um, and again, like what Sean was mentioning, which particular rooks at that point, there may be, for example, I might still be waiting for the hunters to smash through the window, uh, you know, that, that the save room where you get the serum in that corridor. So, yeah, I def- at that moment, I, de- I never have a set route. I'm mm. certainly yawn last I for me. Oh, no, I, yeah, I'm the, I'm the, 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 route, the route that you took in your playthrough is pretty much the one that I usually do, which is the crushing wall puzzle, as you guys have been calling it. Um, because they're only being crushed, and the basement, and then up through, and then yawn last. Because you could technically leave the yawn, couldn't you, until you've done the underground tunnels sections. After you've gone to see Enrico and kill the black tiger, you can technically yeah. leave the yawn, you, can't you? you? Until after that. Yeah, if you until wherever's yeah. But I tend to do it before then, before doing the underground. So it's the last thing. I'll clear the mansion first, but it'll be the yeah. last thing I do in the mansion before I do the underground. Yeah, yeah. So John, did you want to talk us through what happened to you with the crushing puzzle? Oh, thanks for that. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, was, it was just it was just one of those silly things because, like you say, it's it's a ridiculously easy section. I don't really see how anyone could get trapped there. I just I think I blame it on trying to sort of rush through my playthrough and I, I just really wasn't paying attention to what I was doing. I was just trying to get through it a bit too quickly. For some reason, as the wall was moving back, I, instead of waiting for it to go the whole way, I hit the switch too early and I didn't have enough time to double back and get out of there before it crushed me. But I just found it curious because the first ever time I played the game, back when I was a kid and I thought it would be wise investment to, instead of paying my first year university tuition fees, to spend that money on importing a GameCube so I could play the game four months before we got it in uh, PAL uh, regions. I uh, My first ever playthrough of Remake, that was where I died. That was my first ever death. I don't think I've ever died there since until uh, until this week, which was curious. Did you get all the files in Japanese? Were you able to read them in English? Or? Uh, no, you could read them in English. It was, that, the, uh, it was, the, US, it was the NTSC US version. Yeah. Ah, okay. It's the same, same as the original. The, the Japanese and the US ones came out days apart because they were both the anniversary date. So yeah, it was only the PAL one. It was September 2002. It yeah. was, yeah. That's funny. I, I honestly, I've never died on that 
crushing wall and I didn't think it was very easy. To, I mean, I could always see how you could do it because it was set up, but I always just popped around, flicked the first switch, then would push the statue straight into the middle. And of course the walls would crush up onto the statue, but it can't collapse with you with pushing the statue. Then they would reset and then I would just do it again and move the statue into place and done. That was the, the <laughs> like two moves space or three moves really. Um, And, and I never thought it was possible to get crushed really that easily. But yeah, it seems like when, when Nick was talking about this, heaps of people commenting on the fact that they've got crushed and you mm. just said, yeah, you got crushed twice. So Obviously, it's much more common than I thought. Still not the co-Veronica thing. Like, dear God, that's... Uh... <laughs> that's a pain, that one. Anyone have any comments on the kind of downstairs? Remember, he's spoken about the basement section. That was always a real highlight in the original in the original game. Um, the music, the... Oh, it was so unnerving in the OG. I, I'm, I don't think it was quite on that level for me. It's, I think it's the music in that original, if you don't um, count the director's cut. Um, version <laughs> just that 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 tingly music that was originally in there was pretty pretty creepy and it's just a, a very un, unsettling little area i think i think the remake version is cool i we were talking about this a little bit on the stream deck but that area where you have to flick the power on for the the lift and you're standing in a pool of water it seems like it's a really dodgy thing to be doing and you're like it makes you feel uneasy just on the, the first time you go there and go if i flick the switch is it gonna electric you yeah, yeah, standing yeah. in water like but nothing nothing happens but yeah, i think yeah. even just stuff like that is kind of cool little unsettlingness in its own way there's one cool camera angle in there as well where there's a spider just on the wall in front of you when you i think oh, it's when yeah. you first walk in and you can just see it just sat there on the wall in front of you which i thought was quite cool yeah they really thought about the enemy placement and, and pictorial placement a lot in the design when they were making this. The final yawn battle in the library. This is a this is a big change and probably not for the best. I know the library in the original game is it's actually quite a cool moment. Even better in the Deadly Silence version where they randomly introduce chimeras, but and a couple of puzzles with the sword and whatnot. But all that is gone in place of the the yawn battle. I I, I thought this yawn battle was actually quite quite tricky. He certainly takes a lot of lot of hits compared to his first encounter in the attic. And um Are you not using acid rounds, come on. I was no no. What was I using? And I had to and I had to tell him to I even had to tell him to run around using the shelf as like a separating barrier because he kept just trying to stay in the one area in front of the shelves. So I was like just run around the I'm quite dumbfounded that anyone who's got reasonable experience with these games has taken any damage here at all because you just literally do a chase around that bookshelf. No, I nearly died. I was nearly gone, mate. (laughs) Yeah, Nick Nick did not do that, and then I had to tell him to do that, and by then he'd already been hit two or three times. And he still got hit one more time, I think. Even Rob's after like that, a dis- disapproving father. And you, now you understand why I was mocking him more than I was helping him, because I was like, <laughs> I can't help this man. He's, he's too far gone. <laughs> um, oh, but no, he didn't He didn't take the grenade launcher. He, he was fretting over what he was carrying a lot of the time anyway. And, I see. Uh, like you, even near the end, you were still carrying the pistol. And you were. I was like, oh, you can probably drop it now. You were like, oh, I think I'll drop it. And then you're like, no, no, I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to hold on to it. <laughs> It was the same thing. I don't think I might even try to tell you to take the grenade. No, no, it's too early for the grenade launch. I'm not taking it. That's what I would have got, probably, if I'd said to you, take it with you, the one fight. The library's way, obviously. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry, Nick. It's fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. But it's. <laughs> I, I was a bit disappointed with the library that we didn't get any scene in it, but that's just me. But I don't know. Whatever else. I'm not a fan of how you have to go up to the third floor to come back down into it after coming through the, you know, using the elevator, getting the battery. Well, you know, the, the battery pack thing. And 
and they've changed it. It's, it's, it's one of the areas I really was not happy with the changes. I like the original. I like yeah. the little office. I like the little viewport of the heliport area. Like, all that stuff was cool. I understand mm. not having the scrapbook in there. Like, that totally makes sense because obviously nobody's still, nobody should be alive to be getting the newspapers putting them in a scrapbook. There was just something so amazingly eerie about that original library. Like, it felt like you'd found a lost, a lost floor of the mansion. And it was like a super secret area that, you know, even though it was obviously everybody finds it in every playthrough, but the fact that there was like a little office hidden away behind the bookshelf and that's obviously where you get your first MO disc in the original game. And it just, I remember like when you're unraveling the mystery for the first time in the original game, it just felt like you'd find like a hidden floor between floors kind of thing. And there's none of that in the remake. I agree. I agree. It, it, it lost a little bit of something. But ha- how was everyone else's yawn battle? It's quite straightforward. Oh, okay. Um, nothing like yours, Nick. <laughs> no. <laughs> I agree, it's a bit of a con having the broken door, which forces you to go back the way you came. I think at the very least, after killing the snake, you should be able to unlock that main door from that side. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what we're saying to our listeners, though, is acid rounds, is you need the snake. The snake, snake's good for that. It makes yes, snake. very short work of it. Is it? Okay. There's no clue, though. It's good game, against so. living things. Well, yeah, so grenade rounds. But... <laughs> <laughs> Not as good it's, as that. It's clue, Nick. It's, it's the game telling you what you <laughs> should be using him for. But then, but then this is the man who, you know, infamously uses the bow gas rounds in Code Veronica on zombies. <laughs> and, won't, and won't use the flame items in Zero against the leeches, even though, like, they're really susceptible to flame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I dread to think what's happened when you get the nitrous compound stuff no. in the lab, Nick. That gave me anxiety, big time. But he was um, super was stressed. <laughs> we supported him. We made sure. We made sure. We made sure he cleared his path. Yeah, he clears the chimera, so it can't. It can't dangle him. <laughs> that does finish our look at the mansion. Anyway, I think that's all the rooms that we with the with the destruction of the yawn we now head into uh, well back out into the courtyard avoiding what monstrosities we can into the home of the uh, natural enemy of mr redfield the boulders that are hidden in the caverns uh, under you know down the uh, down, down the ladder this is probably the weakest area of the original game mainly because of the, the that kind of garish vomit green colour that is replicated throughout the caverns and I think this is one of the best areas for improvement in Remake. The the look is good and the expansion with the new elevator which I think was supposed to be in the original game but was cut. Um, mm. I don't normally look forward to the cavern section in, in the original but I, I really actually enjoyed this one. I was quite cre- very scared about the boulders. <laughs> I think for me, it's kind of more narrative driven than the actual environment because you're always going to get this and, you know, Resident Evil 7 for me kind of falls down a bit when you're in the mines and you're always going to get these areas that are a little bit bl- you know, sort of bland and, and, you know, being underground is always going to kind of suffer from that. I mean, yeah, thank God someone was, you know, repeatedly lighting those candles. But <laughs> it, it's more kind of narrative driven, you know, like for me discovering for the first time, you know, Barry's sort of, you know, even more dodgy and, you know, sort of goes up in the elevator and lets you down. And then, the oh my God, the Lisa Trevor, her room and the music that plays and the file that you read in that room so it's again it's it's sort of enemy sparse you know you've got the black tiger i think more than the environment it's more just the storytelling and it and it's really this is where kind of the mystery really is unraveling and you can kind of feel the tension kind of comes from the fact that you you know you're almost nearing the end 
to be honest, I was heartbroken when I played this for the first time and found out that they'd removed the live choices between Jill and Barry. That was yeah. such, a, such a strong moment in the original game, and I was absolutely gutted that they just removed it completely. Yes, because in the original, you can choose if you go if Barry comes with you or not, who goes first, that kind of thing, can't you? And that changes Why do you, the outcome of that. Why do you think they did that? Because I, I had to think, stop and think, because I'm so almost unfamiliar with the, the original compared to the remake. I, it, yeah, it, I it's simplification of, of narrative... Just just simplification of narrative really making the decisions more clear-cut because the thing about it is that when you know what you're selecting you can always get the outcome but you could just be it seemed quite arbitrary in a lot of ways like if you were just going through the first time and you went oh it's really the same idea as the lisa trevor fight whether or not you give um barry's gun back but they've done that in a much more simple yes or no choice but in the original, it basically comes down to the idea of whether or not you trust Barry or not, but you it doesn't put it as, as explicitly. So it's like, do you let him lead? You know, Do you want him to come with you? Are uh, basically letting him trust you. Uh, you trust him, sorry, as Jill. Um, and if you don't, then you don't, and he dies. Um, so it's the same idea, but it's a little less clear as it is with the idea of just giving him his gun back when you've clearly got Lisa Trevor in front of you. Yeah, I, I still don't know to this day. I, I explained that in the most complicated way possible. No, no. <laughs> so I still don't know to the day what 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 decisions cause what. Myself. <laughs> are you talking about the are you talking about the original or the yeah the, yeah the original yeah. The original. So the original, it's literally the idea is if you trust Barry, you'd let him take the lead and protect, stay with you and take the lead. Um, if you don't let him come with you or not take the lead, then you're basically saying you don't trust him. Therefore, he'll die. And it's the same idea as if you didn't give him back his gun in the remake because you're not trusting him to have his weapon, he might shoot you. And so Lisa knocks him off the platform instead and kills him. Whereas in the original, you turn up at the end lab and he's been shot or injured somehow. Um, and he's lying there dying by the save, save box, box yeah, on the yeah, way yeah. out of the lab. Yeah. Did anyone, what well, I'll say, was anyone that he didn't bring the ticks into this as a Sega Saturn? little thing sean would you have enjoyed ticks randomly being a new enemy in this absolutely but they've never really gone back and embraced anything of the uh of the saturn version unfortunately no, no. i mean caves in as an experience as a, as a combat experience on the on the whole was a lot more intense in the original game i mean i d- i think i killed one hunter in this playthrough and just dodged the rest whereas it was quite important to you know remove the obstacles in the original i mean you could dodge a couple but it was just so ferocious. Still made me jump, though. Jesus Christ. I <laughs> went, went After leaving Enrico, I, I, did, I wasn't expecting one to jump out. And again, massive yeah. jump, jump scare. It's great. That's, it's great. that's, that's <laughs> a great example. It was, like, it was... it, 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 when it arrives, it does its, its entrance animation. You just run straight past it, straight out the door. It's just... <laughs> yeah, it still... But yeah, when you're not expecting it the first, first time or haven't played it for a long time. Yeah, that was so good though because mostly because you were distracted, you were talking about something to do with Enrico, and while we were just watching, and you were like middle sentence, and then you were just like, "Oh shit, fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> like right in the middle of it, because like, you weren't expecting it while you were talking, which was the, the that made everyone like laugh. Like it was just brilliant. So but that's funny. that is Resident Evil at its best, though, isn't it? Just that, oh, you know that, you know, it's 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 very different to other games. You know, it's, it's famous for its jump scares more so than unnerving feeling of Silent Hill but we digress a bit but yes so we've got other bits in the with the in in the cavern namely Black Tiger Spider Batman how did you how did you get on with 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 the spider I I thought it was actually a bit easy really easy this one yeah it's probably the easiest boss in the game it's just sort Mm. of 
three or four magnum shots and down he goes. Oh, he's a magnum. Okay, he's quite good with a magnum, is he? What did it's I just, use? It's Flame just easy. Round. Yeah, I think even in the original game, it just took three magnum shots and he was he was dead. But I suppose there's a, there's a couple of other spiders in there um, as well who can sort of drop poison on you from the ceiling if you're not too careful but yeah overall it's very easy boss fight i was gonna say if you if you run in and out those mini spiders disappear i think after you kill the black tiger is that the name i i I have trouble with uh this guy but uh so yeah i'm gonna have to go with the magnum then and uh, i uh, i literally just blasted away with the magnum ran out the door to despawn the spiders and then went back in it was no no issue at all quite underwhelming really yeah and i'd agree Mm. actually it was it wasn't wasn't too challenging there's, it says, there's the two boulder sequence. There's a boulder at the beginning, but that, I never seem to trigger that one down. Does it? Does it not? No, that one never triggers. That, no, okay, that was fine because that that no. kept me. I think it's just. I think it's, unless you play as Chris, yeah, I think it's there to unsettle. Is it there to unsettle? Right, right. <laughs> it certainly did. It certainly. Yeah. Did. yeah, I think GT was making a joke about how it moves with Chris, so he can punch it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, I get it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's just. I think it's just unset unsettle you and set you up for late, later on when they do start moving. Nick, you had issues with the rotating the the sections and not noticing. This 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 should have clued me in that you'd had problems with the books. I wasn't there for the book one, but <laughs> when you were rotating the thing, you wouldn't see which side you'd opened up. Be like, oh, do I have to keep going? Like it was. Oh yeah. And I was like, yeah, you got another one to you got to rotate again. You got to get you got to get your vision checked, man. Like I know, I know. I know. <laughs> That leads us to because obviously in the original, once you kind of like get past the black tiger and you do the do that puzzle, you're basically at the lab. Here, a bit different, of course, and we can talk about the the cavern going down as well and that kind of new puzzle with the uh, with with, with, the, with the crate. But we've also got the that first Lisa encounter in her. I don't know what it is. Just like a well, it's just her room, not room, but the you know that. Big circular. It's like her, it's her lair, her cat, her cabin that isn't the cat above ground cabin. It's like her underground home. Yeah, kind of like her route, isn't it? How she gets from her her kind of private residence, um, kind of talking it up there, like she's yes, she's in a Hilton, but it's kind of from her little room there. How she gets room back from the mansion secretly, you know, the next stream. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. my favorite part of your stream. <laughs> you, you're just coming in and just going, "Oh, I hear, I hear the, I hear the chains off, and this is Lisa's going to be around." And then you just like, you just come around the corner and say, "I hear ch- chains," because <laughs> she was right in front of you. Jumps. Oh, it was yeah. so funny. You, just, a, just it wasn't just the jump, but that reaction. It, honestly, it was priceless. Though I was like that, that scared. Like I wasn't expecting. Whoa! But like in the middle of saying chains, it was just like perfect timing. Like I hear chains. Sounds like your stream needs like the Benny Hill music putting in the background. <laughs> you, Probably. You say you say that. You say that funny enough, but the last time when I streamed with uh with with Nick on when we played Resident Evil Five together, I did actually put Benny Hill in there. <laughs> um, no matter what I did in that part of the of of her little thing, no matter what route I took to get back to the door or whatever, she was always there. I don't know if she she naturally spawns whatever route you take. I, I could never get the right way or get all the you know the right. The, the I'm pretty com- I'm pretty convinced that is I'm pretty convinced that is the case. Like whatever pathway you decide first, it, the game goes right loader on that side. So when you come around the corner, she's there, and you have to backtrack every time. Yeah, does everyone else experience that, or is that just? Me? Yeah, it is. It is. If you if you decide to go right, she appears from the right. If you decide to go left, she appears from the left. It's it's every single time. That's fine. You can't avoid it. That's fine. I don't feel too bad then. <laughs> 
And then that obviously leads into the actual, uh, the, the actual Lisa Trevor boss fight. And this is where there's a bit of divergence again between our characters with with uh, with, with our Jill players. We have the choice of Barry, and, and Rob's already mentioned the fact that we can choose to give him his gun, which I I would strongly recommend. Uh, just to give you a bit of heads up, but with Chris's, of course, you're met by uh, Wesker himself. Deception. Is it what? Well, this is this is this is tough because you you want to try and keep keep people alive, especially with Jill. You want to try and keep Barry alive, but. It's very narrow, isn't it? And I mean, it's it's not difficult. You don't have to fight Lisa, but you do have to fight her because she is she's tough. Well, she's in, you know invincible. But even on easy mode, she was like you know jump, you know jumping from like you know pillar to post and you know getting right in your face and you're like ah quick and it, there's no way you could stop you know stop her from hitting you and stuff. And that was intense because you didn't want to be knocked off either because I think you can be knocked off the the edge yes you can i mean I, my last two attempts of doing a no death run i'm i'm doing chris hard mode real survival not using any first aid sprays right not even using any herbs only curing myself with the herbs that you get on the outside terrace and also curing myself with rebecca in the save rooms and i got without dying and without saving twice this has happened to me all the way to that stage and that thing lisa trevor has knocked me off the fucking chasm uh <laughs> twice that's happened to me but that section is so haunting at the end you know when lisa picks up the skull and you know if people are really you know following the narrative you know the files that you know the just the tragedy of lisa and, and, and jessica as well that being her tomb uh, and you really get to see with the hd remaster you get to see lisa holding jessica's skull it's a it, yeah it's a great moment in the game it is how did you get on this recent playthrough though george i was um jill and yeah i i was fine um you know barry did did an okay job it's just it's again it's just the tank controls isn't it and you just gotta as long as you can you know quickly maneuver yourself around i always go for the first stone i seem to always knock off is the one in the far left corner sean what about you how, how, how did you face this it was relatively straightforward except wesker got battered straight off and fell down the abyss <laughs> oh well, that's not <laughs> well, that's not the end of the world <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, he did such a good job of um, keeping Lisa at bay that I was able to do the four stones relatively well. He got knocked off, as I think, as I was about halfway through the third stone, and then um, I just was able to do the fourth one quickly, oh, and, and, and it was over really fast. It was I just I don't even bother with Lisa. I just literally ignore her and go straight to the first stone. I've done that every single time, and I don't think I've ever died on that fight. I feel like this is such a stupid yeah, you... question, but so Sean, what happens? So what happens to, at the end then? And if Wesker is knocked off, just no, just, just turns up, just turns up with yeah. no no change at all. Okay. The only the only difference you've got, Sean, is if you played Jill's campaign and you didn't give Barry the gun back. If you really focused on trying to, because you haven't got Barry to, do, or in this case, Wesker to distract Lisa, it makes it harder to try and do all four without ignoring her. That's the only time. Um, otherwise, yeah, you can pretty much do exactly what you said, which is just push the stones and just let whoever else is fighting who kind of distract her more than more than you. But you can still yeah. get knocked as GT with GT, obviously, because you can like if you get let it get too close to you and she attacks you and you're near an edge, that's it. So it, just, it, yeah, it cool. can be risky. Did anyone actually just take out Lisa? without using the four stones because it's possible no i tried to i took out two of the stones and then i tried to just blast her and she sort of falls off but it's hanging on that's um, when you've got to do a follow-up shot quick well i did but she still managed to get up yeah um, i think i think hard mode it's i think hard mode she's got an extra amount of like hit points before she can be knocked off i didn't even know that I, I didn't know that you could actually do, you could uh yeah no, end it that way you still have to yeah. do the four stones to unlock the room um, yeah. and leave 
but you can actually knock her down. Oh, I'm definitely going to She'll, she'll just time. jump off. She just jumps. She, she, the other thing is she's given enough damage, I think she just jumps off. Off she gives up. It's a little thing, but for the completionist, it's so frustrating that if you give Gary's bum gun back, you don't get the um, you don't get the photograph and you don't get that file. Yeah, but you do get him alive, George. So surely that's a. <laughs> 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 but I like the memorabilia. I like the. the <laughs> so the poor wee girls living without their father because you get to keep a memento of their life rather than him having his to be able to go back to his daughters and wife. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful person you are gt wonderful yeah. person well i got the file i got the file it was great <laughs> his daughters are cry- his daughters are crying in the corner and i'm sort of i've got this wonderful photo a lovely yeah. photo i've got i've got this photo it's great. Ahead, if you can remember your dad this way no no this is awful so <laughs> 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 it's getting a bit dark. God. Oh. Anyway, after dismantling the uh, the last of Trevor's, we um, <laughs> although of course she's not dead. Umbrella Chronicles fans, because there are there are some of you, you will find that somehow she pit of oblivion and ends up uh, back at the labs, um, and then uh, is finally crushed by a chandelier. We enter the laboratory. The famous last part of the Resident Evil, creepiest, dankiest, most atmospheric laboratory there is. A, a total polar opposite of Nest. And interestingly for me, Nick, my disc change moment here. Is it, uh, You know what? I can't. I was about, to, I was about yeah. to think, when does it happen? Just as you go down, as you've done the um, Doom Book med- medallion fountain puzzle, it's the lift. Oh, what a shit. Just sorry, just that memory. Because I haven't done that for years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Disc swap. Yeah. So it obviously suffers from the same thing that Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes does, i.e. you assume you're halfway through when you change discs, but you've only got a tiny, tiny little bit to go. So Metal, Metal Gear Solid does the same. Well, that was the same. <laughs> that was the same as the original Metal Gear Solid. You'd get to the same point. You get to the last after the, after the snow fight. Because I couldn't remember. Twin Snakes is on two discs, I'm pretty Did sure. It? Gosh, can't remember. I mean, you've only got about 20 minutes if you're really quick left on the disc. That's unfortunate. But never mind. Anyway, so into into the lab. And again, a bit like a bit like the uh, the guardhouse. This is one of the most faithfully recreated parts of the of the game. It's very similar in terms of layout and structure of the original. To a fault, do we think? Yeah, I think so. I think no, it's exactly the same. Is it not? No, oh, I mean more or less. I mean the puzzle <clears throat> the puzzle things change. The the morgue and the crate puzzle's gone. Obviously, with the different hatches, you just move the shelves. Um, obviously, the fuel things a bit different than the original, having the fueling thing. But other than that, yeah, it's pretty much the same. But so the question was, to a fault, do you think it? You know, they. they, they oh, I think it's fine. I don't. I don't mind. I don't think it needed an expansion personally. I think at that point, when the game's been kind of going the way it is, the changes they made. But it might be a case of like, I'd be very interested to know if there's a design document, if there was other other plans that still got scrapped because of timing, because they wanted to get it out in March of 2002. Because as we're talking about, like the aqua aqua ring and the um, guardhouse don't feel as well loved, perhaps as other areas. The guardhouse is relatively straightforward as well, as far as the narrative path and the aqua ring kind of was the major change there. Maybe the labs just suffered from that as well that they just wanted to get it, they had to get the basics done. I think it's the most atmospheric because like you look at the the, the um you know in it, in its own way because of like the the lighting and stuff because it's so dingy and dark but I mean, you get these like harsh light sources from different things and i think that's really cool yeah as you say they got rid of the, the, the other gas button puzzle thing and they they replaced that didn't they with um so yeah so cr- crawling through the vents which was um, a finicky finicky terrible puzzle in the original game anyway i think i really enjoyed and um sean i know you want to probably also touch upon it as well the change to the password puzzle i know john ada mole 
off by heart that I had to- I had totally forgotten what the what I I knew it wasn't mole, but I had no idea what the new one was. So it was really cool to actually do the puzzle, you know, genuinely for the, f- the first time in about four years, and actually try and work out what it was. I, I like doing that because you know, yeah, I, you know, I would actually say this is a better puzzle than the originals as well. It makes more sense. It, it works a lot better with the sort of idea of the lab and everything. Yes, it's this. This this lab's a bit more labby, should we say? It, look, it looks a bit more worked in. Looks older, dankier. No respawning naked zombies, at least in my playthrough. I don't know if it if you get them in harder modes. You get them. Oh, thought, no, I don't think I got respawning ones. Obviously, because I was playing the PAL version in the Nitro room, I got the frontal zombie, oh, this... which has been pointed out a few times by people. I think it's the only naked. It's the, it's the only zombie model I think in the series that actually has male genitalia on it. Can I ask from from a law point of view? Are the uh, what's the deal with these guys? Are they a different type of zombie to the mansion zombies? Or because I've never really liked the ones. The naked zombies are normally referred to as like the test subject ones. I think it's the same in Resident Evil Two. Okay. Um, but interestingly, the naked zombies and the graveyard zombies don't reanimate as crimson heads. No. It's just the researcher ones. I just wondered if they were infected with a different strain or if there were anything like that from a law point of view. Well, it's not stated, but I suppose they'd have to be you know, mm. from, from a law angle. Uh, Sean, you, you said when you do that puzzle, but you insert mole instead of cell, which is the answer, uh, on, on your version it, or some versions, it, it, there's a little, little Easter egg for people. Really? What I initially believed was if you, on the GameCube original on hard mode, if you put in mole as the password, you you get a very neat, it says failed, it comes up and says failed, but you get a tofu Easter egg where you just get one of the varying samples from tofu, the tofu mode from RE2. I didn't think that I'd made it into the HD version, but Sunny and I think, you know, you, you yourself, Rob, mentioned that it, it's in later playthroughs. It's not your initial one or something. It's the it's which only is why you got it. Why you got it? Well, it's why you got it in hard. It's when you play it a sec- more than once. So if you yeah. play it a second time or a third time, and you and you put it in, then you get the sound effect. It just doesn't work the first time you play it. Um, which is yeah, why it turn up in hard mode because you would obviously have had to play it through once at least before playing it on hard. Yeah, you're right. You get a different different sound. You get a you get one of the like I think three or four different ones. I think. It's just, it's just basically the sound of Tofu getting hit in the Tofu mode in RE2. Did you know this, GT? No, I didn't. No, no. That's, so, they, that's so, so there you go. Put in Mole as the password. And... Oh, fantastic. And of course, yeah, it, it, it oh, because he was the first time he was playing this version, so he put it in and it just told him error, but it didn't make any sound. And on uh, and of course, Sean, as I'll come to Batman as well in a minute, but Sean would have been treated to the fact because he was playing on original software that when he inserted his MO disc, he was inserting it into a Nintendo GameCube. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a one for one, but like all the buttons are in exactly the same places. The front panel for the controllers is exactly the same, and it was clearly modelled yeah. on a GameCube, which is a nice touch. I like it a lot. In that room, actually, I, I had a couple of problems with zombies in that room. He just would not die. Um, I think three times. <laughs> Hello. He kept... Hello. Yeah. He was just. Hello. So... <laughs> oh god. But yeah. I, I t- again, this is comes back to you needing to check your eyesight because I said to you afterwards, did you even look to see if there was a pool of blood underneath? Because like <laughs> you were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> then of course we've got the the kind of uh, power room, if you like, and there. This is where we're introduced to the. the 
The, the joy that is the chimera. I love these guys. I actually thinking about what Stars was saying about the hunters, and I was sort of agreeing. That you kind of uh, the, the, the yeah. I think these are my favourite. I'm going to put these above the hunter now. I'm putting it out there. Just they're so repulsive, you know, in a wonderful. And I love the law that goes with them. I don't know if it was based on the film, you know, the, the fly. I, I don't know if that was before or after this game. Uh, the original, I know the original must have been before the. Oh no, well of course the original fly film. Way ancient, before. But, yeah, of course. Yeah, they were black and white, isn't it? I've seen that. But it's, yeah, no, just so, it's so well, disgusting. Well, the, the OG that, ones, yeah. Yeah, it's so disgusting mixing human and fly DNA. And I just think they're wonderful, these these BOWs. What's interesting as well is the female cadavers you can see in the computer room. In one of the guidebooks, it mentions that these these were the human bodies used to uh, grow the Crimeeras as well. Mm. Oh, wow. Yes, poor, unfortunate. Nick playing on easy mode made them far too easy it was just like it was like a shooting gallery yeah most of them were dying in one shotgun blast weren't they yeah yeah exactly it was absolutely ridiculous i'm pretty sure you made some comment about how much fun it was just to shoot them in (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i know they are the bane of a lot of people's existence in this part of the game especially with the nitro well it's just having enough ammunition left over on hard mode in order to clear the area. By this point, if you've got like one set of Magnum bullets, you, you, you're free to go to use the rest on the Chimeras now. Because, you, you know, you don't you don't relish for the time. Nitro, you only really have to clear the one to the path with the Nitro. So if you clear the zombies in the path and then clear the one on the right-hand side of the room that's closest to the fuel thing, you're fine as long as you just walk in that direction as soon as you get in. Because I don't think the other ones come at you until you get closer to them on the left-hand side of the room. You'd already gone through and cleared them all anyway nick the entire room so and the other rooms <laughs> yes i was being ultra cautious so once you i mean i, I do like the lab area i like i like the the, the the fact that they kept the slides in and i like they slightly expanded upon the slides as well. you know you have that little extra bit that you can see a bit more information with the code and going rescue chris and or jill at this point. Just... Just, I just want to say, it's just Wesker looking so inconspicuous. It's like, which one of these guys is the odd oh, one yeah. out? This... <laughs> one of it's... these is bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. And then it says in the file next to it, A. Wesker. I enjoyed the fact that you can look at Kenneth's videotape at that point. Oh, yes. It's, yeah. it's the that... point, honestly, though. It's so nonsense. It just makes him look so useless, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, it's so bad. I get it from a sense of like obviously the combat data, Wesker kind of gathering up the tape material kind of thing makes sense. But yeah, he he just like stumbles around and then gets eaten pretty easily. Doesn't <laughs> even like really. And the funny thing is like it's happened so much quicker than the way you react in the game. Like you're obviously in the in the hall and you hear gunshots, and then by the time you've already come through, the zombie has only kind of only just started eating him. But realistically, if that lined up with what you saw, he would already be pretty well eaten by the time you arrived in the hall. <laughs> kind of yes, more like the, the OG version, I guess. Well, yeah, we I've been jumping well back. He is pretty much alive, isn't he? In in the remake, you see him. Whereas in the original, he's like pretty decomposed, and you get that kind of well, the zombie. The, the Japanese vision, the head's been ripped off and head's half been eaten. And, the, and that little ding, ding, you know, um, where the head falls and rolls. But in this one, yeah, he's he's alive, isn't he? Well, he's being, you, know, you see him you, when you come in, he's, he's sh- shaking and like, yeah. he's dying. And it doesn't line up with you having heard gunshots and how what you see in the video. Yeah, it doesn't, mm. doesn't quite work the same. But the idea is there, but yeah. Definitely. The forces of evil are gathering. You have noted that there is a random self-destruct button 
and see, you know, and set in motion uh, in the laboratory. Gone everywhere. You've turned on the power. There's only one room door you have not been through. And upon doing so, you're greeted by Barry, at least in Jill's story. And you descend. You, you forgot. The... You forgot that you could go and do your modusks and go visit your respective other that you've left as you went, didn't it? Oh yes, you can. You, so you, you can, can go, go visit, and do the modusks yeah. and go visit Chris's Jill, and Jill is Chris. And then it's an it's an odd interaction. I always found it. It wasn't quite as I don't know. I found it odd. I think the dialogue is just a little bit off for the situation. Which the way Chris asks Jill to wait in her locked cell. He's like, don't don't go anywhere, yeah. and I'll come back. It does lead us to the tyrant scene um, and the tyrant laboratory. The shocking betrayal that is Albert Wesker. And Barry's betrayal as well, just as I thought. And that, that whole sequence, I mean, obviously it's going to be different depending on playing as and whether you've got Barry still alive. What I did like was the fact that they... I was thinking about it afterwards. You've got the fact that Wesker survives the encounter with Tyrant, and then the body disappears. But then I was thinking, that doesn't really line up with Umbrella Chronicle. But, you know, that, that's probably for another for another discussion. But anyway. What um, do you mean his body disappears? But it goes. And when, after the Tyrant battle, we'll talk about a Tyrant battle, in my playthrough anyway, Jill and Barry have a chat after Barry's been knocked out against him. He's been thrown it flying against the side and they go and they look over at Wesker and, and he's gone. Oh yeah, but that's sort of like the non-canonical one because he's he just sort of is, it's inferred that he just escapes, you know, that he's not well, I don't know, that he's not particularly dead because doesn't the tyrant sort of just hit him to one side in that version? You don't actually see the tyrant stab him through the gut. I think you're right. I think you're right. Which which one does he stab him through the gut? In, well, in Chris's in Chris's playthrough, he stabs him through the gut and throws him to one side. But I mean, I don't play Jill much, but I'm pretty sure he just sort of the tyrant just sort of swats him away to one side, and it's not mm. as plainly obvious that he's been killed. And at this stage, I'm right. I'm thinking from a law point of view, Wesker's got no he's he's got no knowledge of the fact that he's in any way going to be one of the you know is it the one in I can't remember the the the, the, the odds the one in a hundred thousand or that are going to be successfully rejuvenated with you know extra abilities. Well, he's sort of taken a gamble. I think the file in Umbrella Chronicles say there's a 70% chance he would be resurrected or something. Oh, okay. Something okay. like that. Oh, I, can't, I, thought it was I, a lot. I can't quite remember off the top of my head. You're thinking okay. of a tyrant compatibility. Oh, is that the um, is, yeah. yeah? Is that the formula? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, because I thought the odds were a lot, lot higher. That's what I didn't understand. Okay, yeah, but he's already taken the virus mm. to bring him back. So yeah. yeah, but I think the um, when you factor in Umbrella Chronicles, I think that it ties in with Chris's scenario more because it's obviously Umbrella. Uh, sorry, Rebecca, who sets off the uh, self-destruct. Yes, because in, in my Chronicles. In- in my version, they comment that our oh, Wesker must have set off the self-destruct. Okay, so how did everyone get on with the ba- with with Tyrant Battle Number One? Well, this is where my last attempt on the hard mode. I literally got to this stage and had no ammunition left. Just oh, had no. the, just had the knife and was promptly destroyed. Oh um, dear! Because arguably, you don't need any more ammo. That too? Well, you've got to put him down, you know. No, no, well, once you've defeated the tyrant, you don't need any more. Oh, yeah, yeah, because this is what I've been thinking, you know, listening to the, the certain areas where either Stars or Rombie or Batman have used the Magnum or various types of ammunition that I, I kind of try and conserve. Because this is my problem. I end up dying towards the end with a inventory full of herbs and ammunition. And, and you're right, I've never actually appreciated the point that you're right, you don't need any ammo at the end. You get the bloody grenade launcher. Those memes you see with, um, like, it says, like, uh, you saved all the, your stuff and now the game's over. 
like <laughs> with all this yeah. stuff. What about you, Sean? How did you how did you get on with? Obviously, as a as someone who has Tyrant as part of my uh, username, I'm always totally underwhelmed by this. It's got like a, an awesome entrance. It looks amazing, and it's down in five magnum bullets. Mm-hmm. You know, you basically just run to a, a safe part of the room, aim, fire, dead. Unless you're only but- going in with like GT with a knife, um, <laughs> you won't have any issues with this this boss at all. Um, you- and it's so disappointing because it's it's so massively underwhelming. Uh, guys, do you find that is the case though with quite a few of these boss battles throughout the series? I guess yeah. they, I, I guess the final fights for the most part aren't terribly taxing because. Because I suppose by this point in most of the games, if you've been playing it reasonably well, you'll always have an arsenal to rely upon. Uh, so as I said, Nemesis is good. I, I think the B fight in the OG two not bad. You know the Tyrant. It's, it, you've got a he's pretty quick. You got to avoid him. He, you know he takes a reasonable amount of damage, causes a amount of damage. Look at the opposite end. You you think about the original version of uh, Simmons and Six, and how ridiculously long they went on for. And how stupid it was, and how they ended up having to patch it <laughs> to make it easier <laughs> and shorter because it was just a little bit too ridiculous. I, I I credit Miranda as being one of the sort of best final boss fights because it it feels quite monumental. It's it's a cha- challenging enough to be fun, and but the the where it all started, the OG tyrant is just such a shame. What about you, Rob? How did you how did you get on? Exactly the same. Very straightforward. I mean, the thing they tried to you you hit this nick was that they put that little gate in the middle. To, to try and stop you from being able to loop around it doesn't really make a massive amount of difference in this game of things you know as long as you've got enough ammo and enough sensible space you're fine just don't get close that's just saying there is still a loop because there's actually a gap in the middle of all the canisters oh yeah forgot about that but they've yeah they've still tried to impede you by putting stuff there at the very least but yeah there's the loop with the gap in the middle of the canisters in, in the middle now and as long as you as you found nick to remember you to switch the thing when you don't have the key because people forget that sometimes. I do, remind you. But you're not you're not the only person who would forget that to check yeah. the check the monitor so they can release the doors. Batman, what about you? Uh, what, what was your weapon of choice for this tyrant battle? I used the magnum, my last magnum rounds, and I just did the the small loop, and I think it took about six shots to take him down. Yeah, it, it's it's fortunate that you have another tyrant battle. I think if that was the actual end. And of course that can be in the original, depending on if you get the bad ending, you never get another boss battle. Uh, that That is literally it. So, um... I'm not. Is that still possible in remake? Is that the ending where Barry dies and the self-destruct never gets... I can't remember. Yeah, there's certainly a, there's certainly a mode where Tyrant survives, because you get a new cutscene with Tyrant opening it. Oh, where well, you just don't fight. Yeah, the place doesn't blow up. Yeah, it's the endings where the... Yeah, the, the um dimension as well that still exists in the remake yeah that still exists okay fine fine you get you get you get the cutscene with the the tyrant you can hear the tyrant and the helicopter's flying off yeah yeah. still alive so you go rescue our person that is you know that's been captured rescue them and then off you go to the end where you then pick up a few more items head to the heliport and then wait for your day of judgment and whether where you, pr- you get a proper a proper tyrant fight now there's two strategies here you can either fight it or you can just keep running I- i've got a feeling you can just do that sean i think that's your strategy isn't it just keep running remakes a slightly different mechanic because you do need some sort of distraction from the tyrant in case he focuses on your on your partner character so I always just take a Beretta with whatever handgun ammo I've got left and then pack out the rest with healing. I only use it only if the Tyrant makes his way over to Barry or Rebecca 
because if you're not able to stop him from you know attacking them then they will die in that instance they can die in that final fight if he's on me the whole time yeah i just i just let the timer play out and at 30 seconds left you will always get the rocket launcher irrespective of damage there you go so that's that's one strategy george do you adopt that if you get that far that that all sounded very organized <laughs> Com- <laughs> compared to this kind of the sort of the sort of but kind of uh, tense, dis- yeah, kind of headless chicken running around. Shit! Oh no! Has he killed Rebecca? Because I, I tend to just set these really hard challenges on myself. I've played this game so many times, but not that many times have I got right at to this point. But I tend to get to the point, yeah, where, where due to the damage, it's, it's taken enough damage, and you know, I get the rocket launcher. Yeah, yeah. I'm not as organized as Sean either. I just take what I've got. I take some health and take some bits and pieces and just fire shit at it, whatever I've got left. Um, usually it's lots, so you, just to make it faster. But yeah, I remember using that trick in the OG version to the countdown clock to run it out to you to get a certain amount. That, ladies and gentlemen, does conclude the playthrough <laughs> of Resident Evil Remake. And you get a nice scene. Depending on which ending you got. Depending, yeah, yeah, depending on which it. ending you got. So be interested. Did everyone, did everyone save everyone? That's the question. I did, but then that's probably no, no no accomplishment, but it was for me. That's the important thing. And I had fun playing it, which is most amazing. Sean, did you save everyone? Absolutely. Every time now. Of, of course. I can't, I can't do it without. I can't. I think it, it is the, the 90s since I got a bad ending on RE1. You all know, right, yeah. all right. Obviously not the remake. <laughs> I, I, I never bothered getting bad endings in the remake i've only ever watched them on youtube i think there's our professional i 100 percented the game on the on the trophies and one of them was to get like the terrible endings i think so it was the last time i got the bad ending but yeah George. Saves everyone. i mean whenever i complete this I always complete it with you know saving everybody I just, I just remember on my very first playthroughs when i first started this game i i remember i used to find it hard working out where rebecca was I'd end up quite often at getting Rebecca killed by the hunter until I, I think I looked up just a game guide to find out where she was. Otherwise, but, all intact. Yeah, otherwise, I, um, if, if I do get to that point in the game, they, they, everyone would always be intact. Of course, you've got to keep the band together. You've got to, absolutely. Batman, same for you? Yeah, I managed to save Rebecca, yeah. Fantastic. And I'll give a little shout-out now because that is it then. We've, we've finished our quest. We have saved and rescued who we can blown up the Spencer mansion. It fails to prevent a full-scale outbreak happening only two months later, but what a game, what an adventure that we have been through. And looking back, as I said, I hadn't played it for a long time. I think it was more out of fear of the Crimson Heads more than anything else, but I'm so pleased I did, and I'm so pleased I was able to share on PlayStation 4 and with, with people watching. It's it, it was a really, really good experience, and I'm definitely going to replay it at the slightly harder difficulties. It is still a mind-bogglingly good game. I mean, the, the, the original is still brilliant, and if I, I said I've picked one of them, I'd probably still pick the original just because of nostalgic purposes, but you, you, you can't fault the remake. It's... It's the perfect remake, but um, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of both. Any final comments, Batman? How about your playthrough, about your experience, looking at a quick look back on, on, on the 20 years, how it holds up? Yeah, it's still amazing. It's probably still my favourite game of all time, I would say. I can't really pick between the remake and the original. I love them both for different reasons, but um, just in terms of pure accessibility, it's the remake I've played the most in recent years. Still absolutely love it. In some ways, I, you know, I envy your recent playthrough because I've just played through it so many times now. It's, it's, you know, I'm more familiar with the mansion than I am with my own house. Um, 
So, you know, that sort of spoils things from time to time. But no, still absolutely brilliant. And I'm sure we'll all still be playing it for many more years to come. Now, George, a very special game for you is your first RE experience. How how do you feel it's held up over 20? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting listening to, you know, how Sean was playing it because I remember at the time... And this is why I was shouting at all the people buying PlayStations, just how stunning games like Rogue Squadron, is it Rogue Squadron, Rogue Leader, the Star Wars game at the time on GameCube, and Remake just looked absolutely stunning. So, I, I mean, if I'd seen back then what it could have looked like with this HD remaster, I probably would have spontaneously combusted. And then over the years, I've played games that, that have really caught me, and I've kind of thought, you know, this is almost as good as Remake, like Bioshock and like Skyrim, things like this sort of stand out. But the thing that I think just puts Remake above other other great, great games is just the sort of emotional connection that we all, for various different reasons or in different ways, have experienced. And that just sets it above other games that maybe, you know, in terms of game mechanics, you know, are, are on a par with it. Just the emotional connection. And yeah, what really got, got me when I first played this for the first time was the strength of the uh, the tragedy that you know the NPCs and the characters off screen were going through, and how that then kind of affected your own emotions while you're, you're while you're going through the game? Yeah, it's one of my favourite games of all time, if not my favourite game of all time. Uh, Rombi, yeah, it's really hard to sum up what I haven't already said in the past. I think it's it's a game that I'm always interested to know what, how newer players would take to it because I think we're so enamoured with everything it did so well over the original and its visuals and everything, but I still don't know how tank controls will exist for some newer players who might find it a bit cumbersome and a bit difficult, but I'd hope they would overlook the control of the time to look at the craft and the style and the storytelling and the and the design and the, the enemies and, and everything that's in it and kind of appreciate it for what it is. It's aged exceptionally well for what it is in 20 years, in the sense that the quality of it is still... The, the storytelling is great, the, the file information is great, the designs are great, the look is, is very solid, and I think it's... It's held up exceptionally well in that regard. So, yeah, it's um, always good to revisit. That's all I can really say, other than chains. <laughs> Final word from you, Starstone. Yeah, I mean, I run out of superlatives. The same, same as you guys, really. I mean, I'll always, I've always gone on record to say I prefer the original, but that's to take nothing away from this game. Um, the, the, it is reference quality Resident Evil, and you know it's the it, it it it's probably the best Resident Evil game, even if it's not everybody's favourite. I think most people would probably say as an as as an overall package, the actual game itself is is flawless. But what I will just briefly end on, and just forgive this slight monologue because it's just something that profoundly hit me. Obviously, playing on the on the CRT, I decided to sort of evoke those feelings of years and years ago when I was at my bedroom at my mum's house, and I would often play these kind of games, you know, with all the lights off and everything like that. And I don't traditionally play Resident Evil games or horror games with, all, you know, headphones and lights out anymore because I don't tend to find many games. And this isn't to sound like bravado or anything like that, but not many games frighten me to the level where they, like, get under the, the skin, you know, the Silent Hill series are a long-gone thing for that kind of feeling now but what i found was I, I i said to myself i'm gonna have all the lights off i was just gonna play it on this with the glow of the crt the only thing that i would be able to sort of illuminate my surroundings and i found myself transported very nostalgically in a way that i haven't been with this series for a long long time and i'm trying to gonna say this without sounding like a gatekeeper but i i missed an era i didn't i've not felt for a long time 
And when I, I just sort of sat as I was sort of autopiloting through the game, I think we all know large aspects of it by now. If you play it sort of semi-regularly over the years, you can autopilot through these games a little bit. So my mind was tending to wander, and I, and it was going back incredibly to that very first playthrough because obviously that first playthrough was on a CRT in the dark and on the original GameCube, same controller in hand, and that evokes its own sort of sense of nostalgia. And what I missed was the simplicity of the series and where it was in 2002. And that's not to say I'm one of those people that hasn't liked where it's gone because I, I've liked every era we've had, and I love Resident Evil 7 and I wouldn't have this series without it. But back in 2002, when we all got to play this game for the first time, was still when the series had a simplicity to it and a uniqueness to it. And we only really had the odd misstep like Survivor and Survivor 2 had obviously hit arcades and things like that. But I see I see Remake now, and I've never really considered this before, but I see it as like the end of the, of the first chapter or the first era of RE, which was that six-year period between the first game and the remake. Because then after that, we got Zero. And I know John's had issues with things like Code Veronica, and I know quite a lot of people do have problems with the sort of more outlandish ideas and things that that game did and the, the sort of weird, almost supernatural aspect that parts of that game have. But I still think the series up until the remake had a sense of purity about it. And, it, and, and in terms of like the fandom and where we were as a community, I, I just found myself missing that six year period where the story line hadn't gone bonkers. It hadn't been, the community hadn't been beset with revelations of like Japanese sources and things like that. And we had like forums where we could talk about these games and it, and it never seemed, and we was obviously forum wars and silly website wars and things like that. And, you know, many of us were, were there for a lot of it, but my God, it, and this is the bit that's going to sound really awful, and forgive me in advance if I if I don't say this properly. But that six year period, if you were there in it, was very special. Before eras of bioterrorism and and things like that, when it was just our beloved characters skulking around, you know, atmospheric environments, and and I missed it. And I've never felt that before, but been a believer that this series has, has earned where it's gone. And I think things like Resident Evil Four has been necessary steps. But there was a simplicity to this to this game and that era this game existed in. And I think this 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 game was truly a swan song to that first chapter that I wish more people were privileged to experience. Because I think if you if you came into this series now at like, you know, if your in entry point was Resident Evil 7 or 5 or whatever, you'll never truly know. And, and it breaks my heart that you will never truly know if you're listening now to what it was like to be stood in that hallway in the, in the main hall for the first time with no idea what this series was, what this conspiracy was, what Umbrella meant, what this do where this doorway led to, and I just, I think something has got lost a little bit, and I discovered that just for a few hours playing this game again. And it, whether it was the CRT, I don't know whether it was just the fact that I had a GameCube controller in my hand, but something all just came together. And honestly, I say from the, from the bottom of my heart, this was one of the most profoundly brilliant Resident Evil experiences I've had in a long time and I really mean that so this has been a very special playthrough and thank you for just indulging this little monologue um, just know if you're listening that I was very affected by this playthrough in the best way and although I'm, I'm again just want to remind everybody as I finish I don't hate where the series has gone I very much embrace it Resident Evil 7 is one of my favorite things you know that the series has done in recent years but there's a simplicity to the remake there's a beauty to it 
and I think something possibly has just got lost just a little bit as we, as it's got convoluted and I, I think sometimes we're to blame for it because we overcomplicate it by Japanese sources and all this and, and, and it's all valid and it's all, you know, we need those kind of things to make this storyline work but yeah, there was a purity to it and I had the best time of my life playing it this time so thank you. A nice way to end our, our discussion I think on we make it a worthy send-off. But with that, we bring our main discussion to an end. But we can turn our attention to a remake-themed special of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. 25 years of Resident Evil. 10 years of the Resident Evil podcast. Expert knowledge is needed in what we call the quiz. This is my only opportunity for a point this week. Uh, I just like to announce everybody that uh, this is zero points <laughs> for me this week. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. We've talked about the games straying too far from the origins. This Resident Evil quiz. We're now getting Spice Girls as the correct answer. I mean, it's time to quit. Welcome to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. What? <laughs> what? That's a fucking question, isn't it? Batman. Star Tyrant. George Trevor. So welcome one and all, we have a remake theme special, looking at the questions I've prepared, I think we should be doing okay, there's nothing too outlandish, so there's no how many candles burning in the main hall, so if everyone can clear their desktops you can open notepad, let's go. Question number one, how do you unlock the samurai edge? What do you mean, how do you unlock it? Yes, it's an unlockable gun. Question number two. Name the patient's x-rays you pick up in the lab. What? You mean what? The, the types of, of anatomy or the no, names? No, no, no. The names. Yeah. Name the patient names. Ah, fuck. Do you know, when I heard it was going to be a remake thing, I was so confident. And my confidence has just been destroyed <laughs> with the first two questions. There's only two you pick up. I think that is fiendish, Nick. That is fiendish. I thought there was four for some reason. Okay. There are four in total, but you only pick up two. Question number three. Back by popular demand, it's a where am I question. Yeah. Yeah. So I think. I should be good at this. Right. I am in the guardhouse and I've gone north. Before turning right, passing a number of doors, before turning right again and climbing over an obstruction. I take the next door and then follow the corridor, taking the first door. In this new room, I enter the single door I can visibly see if I was the, oh if I was if, if I was Jill or Chris. Wait, sorry, but I'm going to have to ask you to read the set one more time. Sorry, Nick, because as soon as you said I'm north, I got lost because I'm thinking, I mean, this isn't orienteering. How am I meant to even know <laughs> where, what? How am I meant to know what north, east, south or west is? Question number four. What is the name of the file 
written by William Birkin that effectively summarises Wesker's report two. So there's a hand, is a file that basically puts everything of Wesker's report two in one file. What is the name of that report or that file? And question number five: Where do you find the death mask with no eyes, no mouth? And no knows. There are the five questions. Join us after this one. We'll run through those answers. Jill, no. You don't want to go back out there. Barry. Where's Barry? He's... No. He seems to have been bitten by a poisonous snake. But the size of the bite mark is huge. It's not just any ordinary snake. <laughs> Take my word for it. Jill. See if you can find any other clues. I'll be examining this. Let's just hope it's not Chris's. So welcome back to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. Let's see how well everyone has done. George was confident, or he thought he was. No, I'm literally going to be getting zero. <laughs> I'm going to be getting zero. <laughs> so question number one was, how do you unlock the Samurai Edge gun? Rombi, what's the requirements? I'm finishing the game under five hours. Under five hours, okay. Stars Tyrant? Uh, finish the game in under five hours, yeah. Batman? Uh, I did not know this one. George Trevor? I almost got it right because I knew the fact that I've never unlocked it made me know for a fact it definitely had to do with a time because I spend nine hours every time I go through this game. Um, so I actually put down, I actually thought, uh, complete the game in under four hours. It is complete the game in under five hours. So that is correct. So points to Stars Tyrant and Robbie there. Well done. Question number two was name the patient's x-rays you pick up in the lab. Batman. I think one of them's called Alex... B share and the other one is it Clark Gale or Gale Clark something like that they're the names that are coming to me okay starts down because I'm used to these shenanigans with your quiz Nick I put down my answers as Nissan and Citroen <laughs> <laughs> Nissan and Citroen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. fuck it you and your car manufacturers that's what I'm going for give give that man the points now absolutely okay Rombie. clark david gail holland uh george trevor i had gail because i remembered that one and just the other one i had is is derek 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 because derek's in there somewhere i think was there a, is derek wesker one of the wesker children there's a derek in somewhere in this bloody derek series. Simmons. i'm not thinking of derek simmons i'm just, i think it's one of the wesker children Anyway, no, Derek and um, Gail. The correct, the correct answers I was looking for was Gail and Clark were the answers I had. So correct. So points there for Romby. Well, Gail Holland. Um, it's just the name of name of the na- name of the David, file. Gail we're, Holland. Yeah. yeah, name of the file. The only reason, the reason I know this is because I watched you do this puzzle. And yeah. You made a comment about them, and I was like, I'm going to remember these because I know it's going to come up. So, Do I get half a point for Gale or one point for Gale? Or... I think you get half a point for Gale, absolutely. Uh, well, I, I, I said Gale and Clark. You did, you did, yes. So points to Batman, Romby, and uh, half. Mm. Uh, Citroen and Nissan were not correct answers. So. Question number three was the where am I? Where am I in the guardhouse? What room am I in? I can be a bit flexible in the names. because. Uh, do you want me to go through it again? One, one more time for luck? Yeah, go on then. So I'm in the guardhouse entrance. I've gone north before turning right, passing a number of doors before turning right again and climbing an obstruction. I take the next door and then follow the corridor, taking the first door. In this new room, I enter the single door that I can visibly see if I were Chris or Jill. Where am I? Starstone. You're in the V-Jolt mixing room. Rombie. Yeah, that's what I think as well, the V-Jolt mixing slash medical room. Batman. Yep, same, V-Jolt room. Oh, 
Fuck. George, <laughs> what did you put? I thought this was my only chance of getting a point. I obviously was on the right, but I'm actually surprised I was on the right, right track more than I thought because I was in that room. But obviously, mm. I didn't realise that if you look left, you see that because I, I had the the room where you famously did it, where you couldn't ascertain what the female <laughs> figure looked like. I don't know what that room's good. You know, the one I went before you meet Plant Forty Two, that little room. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Shit, but the the other guys must be right. And the point goes to George Trevor. It, yes! It oh, is yeah. the dorm room 003 because if you are Jill or Chris in that situation, you cannot see the VJL oh, room. Fucking ah. video games. No, no, no. No, no, oh. no, I'm afraid not. So if you were visibly... No, because that, that's, that's bullshit, because you'd see the Plant 42 door as well. I, I think said they might sing- be right. I'm, I'm, no, I'm... no, I said single door, not double door. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> that were, I'm very clear over that point. What single door can you see? And the only one you can see as you come through that is Dorm 003. So the point goes to George Trevor. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Question. <laughs> I mean, it's only right. I mean, I did design the fucking mansion, do you know what I mean? But, um, but I got a bit lost when you said north because I've never looked at a map. I don't think I ever use the maps in these games. Anyway. Well worded, worded, Nick. Well done. <laughs> Question number four was, what is the name of the file written by Birkin that effectively summarises Wesker's reports to George? I should know this. I don't. I'm trying to think. Obviously, you get it towards the end. Yeah. Is this the one where he, he refers to Alexia? I mean, yeah, yeah. He basically goes through the entirety of Wesker's yeah, I remember when I played this thing, and I, I'm thinking, I hadn't played Code Veronica, and it was just, oh, wow, I'm so intrigued. Who's Alexia? And just had to find out and play code Veronica, but anyway it's not the x day file i don't know i just have to pass because i can't think of a good a good guess either off the top of my head i won't get it right uh move on sorry okay rombi i can't remember at all oh no star star um i i didn't know so i'm just having a guess at notes on the g virus notes on the g virus batman it's observation note oh it is the observation good. note it is points to batman it is the observation mm. note yes very good very good and finally question number five which i thought was how well do you know your death masks where do you find the death mask with no eyes no mouth or no nose batman uh i don't know i'm just gonna guess the attic the attic okay George Trevor. No, I don't know either. I'm just going to guess. I'm going to say it's uh, the room with yawn. The, the attic, right. Um... Oh, is that what it's called? <laughs> I didn't know it was called the attic. It's not the attic. It's not really at the top of the house. Okay. It's totally the love. <laughs> you go up like, got like two little steps. Okay. Yeah, it's, 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 it is an attic, isn't it? It's an I suppose. Which, but anyway, that, that's what I'm saying. It's a total guess. Fine. Rumby? It's in the jewellery box that you get for the night puzzle. Star Star? Yeah, I, I didn't know, so I just guessed the stained glass window puzzle. The stay- oh, so we've got an eclectic mix here. Someone's got it right. Rumby, it is in the jewellery box. So, well done. There are the five questions. Let's see those final answers. And we've got joint winners today, ladies and gentlemen, with Rombie and Batman scoring two out of five apiece. Congratulations. My scoring rounds there. It was. I thought it would be better, but there we go. Uh, in second place, with a very respectable one and a half, is George Trevor. Well done. And in bottom place, with one out of five, is Stars Tyrant. There we go. Join us next time, and we'll have some more questions.
there we go. We are slowly wrapping up. We hope everyone has enjoyed it. That was a fun little quiz to end our escapades celebrating 20 glorious years. I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank Joe White for his time in recording for this particular podcast. It's always an honour to uh, hear from him and I hope you enjoyed his skits. Thanks, Joe. Coming up next, well, we've got quite a lot we want to cover. We will be doing Operation Raccoon City retrospective very shortly. Now, that could well be the next next podcast we haven't quite decided yet because that is 10 years old now. What happy memories people have of Operation Raccoon City desperate to hear. So if anyone wants to do a call-in for Operation Raccoon City, two minutes, MP3, send it to our email address. Be keen to hear lots of people's views on Operation Raccoon City. We assume we have an obligatory call-in from Smiley. Yeah, you got, we've got to have Smiley on that, on that one, yeah. <laughs> yes, we'll see if he's available. Didn't Smiley come on our original on our original Operation Raccoon City podcast? I, I think. I think he was. I think, so, yeah. yeah. I think he was. I think he was. So there we go. Uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed it. I'll celebratory look back on the remake. Uh, thank you all for listening. And on that note, it is goodbye from me, Neptune. Goodbye from me, Batman. <laughs> me, Star Tyrant. Goodbye from me, George Trevor. And goodbye from me, Rombie.